Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. I hope you're doing good tonight. It's time for a street fight. Uh, we're here to take your calls all night long. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can find us at... Uh, you can find us... I'm sorry. On Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can watch the live stream. You can chat with all the people that are watching the show with us. Come hang with the gang. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. Uh... We would love to hear any stories you have about your fucked up bosses or these weird circumstances that we're in. Um, you know, uh, if you want more of what we do, find it at patreon.com slash streetfight radio. And, uh, you know, let's get on these, let's get on the calls. We're going to take calls right away. We're just going for it. No, no, I'm just no fucking banter at all. No. Yeah. I'm just, you know, it's trying times right now. Basically, what happened is uh, Bill Gates uh, felt threatened by the Bernie Sanders campaign. He has now implemented Certificate of Vaccination Identification and has locked down our entire country just because he knew Bernie Sanders would take his money. And, you know, anybody that says that this COVID hoax is happening for right-wing reasons is fucking full of shit because Donald Trump wins when the economy's open. So this is happening because we were close to getting close to victory and they had to shut everything down for to shut Bernie down. So, okay, that's why coronavirus is is happening. That is that's a good uh, I'm just trying to get new listeners. I'm trying to bring new people into the fold. I'm trying to bring some free thinkers into this thing. Finally, not just dogmatic leftist bullshit. Not, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just like blew Brett away, like stopped Brett's process because I was asking Jason to turn me up. Turn me up. Turn me up in a mic. Yeah. I mean, uh, my wife went on my walk today. She hasn't been out very much. Missing it. She was missing it. She was loving it out there. Yeah. The, the women are finally leaving the house. We walked by <laughs> a, a new business that okay. I don't know when they open. But it's called Lash Nympho. Oh, oh is what is that? For eye, they do eyelashes, I guess. But they're like, does they they like to fuck eyelashes? Is what I think it means. But yeah, yeah it's called Lash Nympho, and I looked at it and I was like, that's a wild name. That's about as wild a name for a business as you can get. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Wait, where um. Was there any clues on on what makes these lashes any different? Are I they? Think it's are, just like they a, stay on during sex. They're like for people that get fucked so hard that their eyelashes fall off. These are like extra strong ones. I personally believe that it's like if you fucking need your lashes done, like I need sex, you come to Lash Nympho. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like a person's like, I need to have some sex, right? And, and like like a nymphomaniac is somebody that has to have sex, I believe, right? Like yeah, they yeah. feel a compulsion, and then the person that runs the place probably feels a compulsion to do lashes. Ah, so it's a match matching yeah. those two people together. Yeah, we match them together. Lash nympho. What a weird name for a business. I yeah, like I mean, I, I feel like, like that should be rejected. No, nope. I mean, I I do believe in obviously open minds and and open borders, but um. I also 
think that maybe that the person that approves like LLC should be like, what exactly is this? Is this as bad as it sounds with the name? Cause yeah, yeah. I, I feel I like I need to investigate this. It does feel like you could say, Hey, you know, maybe a better different one, you know, like a better well, name. Yeah. Lash they're just fucker. like, these are not for, <laughs> yeah, a better name. Right. <laughs> uh, lash fornicator. Fuck me lashes. Yes, that's great. That's a good one. That's the kind of signal that you want to send. Yes. That's like the, um, yeah, that uh, Fuck Me Pump song by Amy Winehouse. Yeah. It's like a tribute to her. Yeah, it's all about Yeah, fucking. Fuck Me Lashes is great. Fuck Me Lashes. These, aren't, are these aren't like housewife lashes. These aren't like day-to-day -day grocery shopping lashes. You know, these aren't short ones. These are the kind that uh, attract all kinds of mates they don't have the guts to put the name fuck in a business nobody does nobody has are you allowed are you is, is it legal yeah can we call ourselves like fuck fight radio instead well, no i mean i think we could put fuck in the name of our llc really but i think if we were to open a retail store we wouldn't be allowed to name it like fuck the fuck shop. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck shop. <laughs> That's too like crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you're allowed to name a business fuck. That's bullshit. I, I'm going to see. I'm, I'm going to see you here real quick if it's legal. Because that is like, we're anarchists, you know. But we've, we've been talked over to the socialism stuff and the communism stuff. And, you know. But, but we still, at our core, anti-authoritarians. Yeah. You know, if you can't name your retail business best fucking burgers yeah best fucking cheeseburger then that's what, not what freedom. can we do yeah yeah that's truly that i mean it's just like a list of all of the other things that aren't free we're not free to do you know we're yeah, not free added to do certain drugs we're not free to collect our own fucking rainwater man yep we can't even buy seeds right now yeah. to feed ourselves. We're not free to shop, which is that's one of the yeah, most we don't guaranteed have, American freedoms. Yeah, give we don't we have no freedom to get Baskin Robbins. I saw, you can get Baskin Robbins. Actually. Oh really? Yes. Are they on Grubhub or something? Uh, well, they're Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, has a Baskin Robbins in it. Okay, and running it. I don't think maybe because I knew, do know the ice cream shops are selling pints and that's it though. yeah so you might not be able to get baskin robbins right now but uh well i guess there is the a same. baskin robbins in town that you could go to it's but drive through ice cream there's one right over 71 but they do they have that snoop dog breakfast sandwich yet at the dunkin donuts yeah i heard oh i don't know i told coming. you i went in there one day last week to get a coffee and a guy Asked me to buy him some food, so I went in to buy him some <laughs> yeah. food, man. Yeah, you had a bad, you had a bad time. And then he was like, "I'm not gonna have." <laughs> no, yeah, I don't want to say it. Yeah, we already heard it, didn't we? I never said it on. The you show. didn't? No, I never tweeted. Never said it on the show. Oh, nothing. Please proceed. Oh, now you want me to say? Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want you to do it twice. So, this guy stops me out as I'm walking into Dunkin' Donuts to get a cold brew coffee that I had ordered ahead so that I would have no contact with anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, just I walk in. I kick the door open with my foot, walk in, grab my coffee, kick the door open with my foot again and walk out. No surfaces, no nothing. Very safe transaction. I bet. You know? And uh, nobody's ever in there. I don't think people know that that one, that Dunkin' Donuts exists. Really? I mean... It's on High Street. Do you know where it's at? 
No, there's one on High That's Street. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like in two downtown? blocks from Buckeye Donuts in Columbus. On campus? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, nobody knows it's there. It's empty all the time. I don't even know why they're making them work, to tell you the truth. I'm probably the fucking one of eight people that walk in there. Yeah. You know? And uh, so this guy stops me on the way out. Now, I'm going to say this, and it's part of the reason is because of the end of this story. It was a black guy that stopped me. And he's like, hey, do you have any money? And I said, no, I'm not carrying cash on me right now. And then he said, can you buy me some food when you go in? You know, and I'm like, yeah, come with me and I'll, I'll fucking buy you some food. This is very unlike me. Cause like I usually just headphones look down, don't acknowledge any other humans exist in the world. But uh, I was like, fine, yeah, let's do that. And then I like got in there and I grabbed my coffee and I was like, hey, you know, whatever this guy wants, like I'm gonna get it for him. And he goes, I'm not gonna have no black woman make my food and stormed out. And I was so fucking embarrassed <laughs> what the fuck? by the whole situation. <laughs> And I was just what did like, he, what did it, what, no, I don't. Did you have, say anything? She just looked like, what the fuck? She looked at me like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't fucking, that was the weirdest fucking shit I've ever seen. It was fucking humiliating. I, I felt so bad for the yeah. woman behind the register. I felt very, very bad for her. That's awful. And I couldn't figure out if it was like a negative or a positive reason that he said that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure. But the way that he way. said it came off very negative. Yeah. Like it seemed like he was angry. And it was just like, that was, I don't know why I got stuck in that situation. You know? Yeah. Every time, there's this other guy, man. I gave him 10 bucks once. And now every time he sees me, he stops me and says, hey, man, can you hand me 20 bucks can you give me 20 bucks oh really i'm like i don't have any cash on me but like atm's right over there and i'm like well i'm you know wow no, i can't do that all right well you know <laughs> i don't have like handing out 20 dollars riches you know what i mean like i don't have that kind of money so i can't like hand it out but yeah uh so another thing happened today when i was on my walk they put um porta potties out around the downtown area so that people can use the bathroom when they're down there because none of the buildings are open oh or yes anything. you yep. know what i mean yep and like all of the restaurants or, or those they you're not allowed to use the bathroom in those places because the state told them they're not allowed to so um i had to go pee and i went to pee and i got in there and somebody stole the hand sanitizer out of the porta potty. And there's another one down the street. I stopped there. Somebody stole the hand sanitizer out of that porta potty. Yeah. And then I tried two more and they were both locked. And then I was just like, what the hand? What? We were stealing hand sanitizer now, but we are. I get it. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I, pr I probably would. Yeah, I haven't. It's been a while since I've seen some hand sanitizer. Oh, I would love some hand. I've sanity. got, I've got like a quarter ounce of it that I have in my van. Yeah, for when I go to the store or do something, like I put it on when I get back in the car. 
uh, but it's about to be gone. I've even considered cutting up my aloe plants and mixing it up with like my dab alcohol, my my weed cleaning supplies. Dude, I, I got ninety one percent in an aloe plant that's good to go. I might make some at this point. I ordered some, right? I ordered thirty dollars worth of hand sanitizer two and a half weeks ago, and I was so surprised to find it. I was just like, I'll buy it, you know. It's from China, and it's just uh, sitting in China right now. I'm not going to get it until the pandemic's over. And then know. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, well. I just ordered some bootleg sunglasses in Jordan's, and they're on the way. <laughs> well, my hand sanitizer, I've checked, and it's still in China, oh, and it's been no. in China. Well, I can check again. I yeah, mean, we, I- need, we need to check the distilleries. Like, Malort, I really, you know, the biggest coronavirus collectible out there, in my opinion, is that Malort hand sanitizer. I fucking love Malort. Love to go to Chi Town, have me a Malort, and I would love to have a bottle of hand sanitizer. It's still in Peel Box eight two three zero six. It's still in Nanning, China. Really? Three My weeks ago, sanity. three packs. One you ain't hundred. getting that one. What? You ain't getting that one. Oh, I know, I know. Well, my kratom dealer, which I still will not say on the air, is doing hand sanitizer. So if you do a order. In the promo code, you can type sanitizer, and they'll send you two ounces of hand sanitizer. <laughs> You're kidding me. I fucking swear They stole it from the porta potties Th- Maybe. I mean, I don't know. They probably made it themselves. They're hustlers. My Kratom company is a hustler. You know what I mean? They got CBD lotion. They got t-shirts. They got everything. Yeah. Uh, Kevin in the chat says soap works, but like, I don't want to imagine like Not when you're washing out. your hands with soap when you get in the car. I use <laughs> you soap. keep a bucket of water in the car and washing yourself. Right. I use soap when I get home. I was out and I had to pee and there was a porta potty, so I had to go pee. And then I wanted to, you know, clean my hands. I even fucking went into a gas station and was like, hey, uh, do you guys have like a, a, a little bit of hand sanitizer? Maybe, uh, could I wash my hands? Yeah. And they were like, no. And yeah. I just left, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought we were all in this together. No. We are not all in this together. No. We're no. on all different pages, from what I can tell. <laughs> My life feels completely different from the shit I've seen from other people. <laughs> yeah, it was nice, though. My wife was, like, really happy to be out and just see humans. Yeah. Erica was like... I'm an introvert. I love this shit. I live for this shit. And like, I was taking all the risk, you know, going out there, out into the world, getting provisions for us, going, you know, grocery provisions. shopping. This motherfucker, Brett is still calling, going to the grocery store, uh, getting supplies. Yeah, I need dry Which goods. Which was at the, be- the beginning, at the beginning of coronavirus, everybody changed the going to the grocery stores to like, I got to go get some supplies. Yeah. So now, now we've settled back in and we're saying, I got to get some groceries. But boy, that in, in those first two weeks, people, everything everybody did was going to get supplies. Dog, I heard Cascadian Farms was sold out at the grocery store. It might not be back. So, I What's mean, Cascadian Farms? <laughs> there's like healthy ass, like it's a Kashi competitor. Not coming back? <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. I heard uh, Meyer ran out of them and aren't going to be restocking them. So. Well, Meyer isn't, but you can get them somewhere right, else. I'm Why do you saying? want them from Meyer? What are you? <laughs> I'm just saying the scuttlebutt, <laughs> the scuttlebutt I've heard is that, you know, some shit is missing. So it's, I mean, all, Kroger, it's all provisions and supplies now. But dude, Kroger doesn't sell the Klondike Oreo ice cream novelties. Okay. But Giant Eagle does. Sure. And I can just go there and get it. Right. You know? 
You might be able to go to Giant Eagle and grab some Cascadian Farms. So what I'm saying, which also, by the way, bullshit. You could just get a fucking the chewy ones, and it'd be the same exact <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, that's like the, the, the Cascadian Farms <laughs> granola bar is the most Brett Payne snack of all time. It's just a crummy snack. <laughs> yeah, it's half healthy. You know what I started it's, getting? Yeah, it's almost it's like it's like a quarter of a candy bar, basically. Yeah, that's what you're getting. You know what I started getting? What? I'm obsessed with it now. Only one flavor, though. One flavor. Mochi. Oh, yes, dude! <laughs> Finally! Someone to share with. No, I'm the I, was, mochi I, was man. Get, I get a fucking dozen of them, and the kids won't eat them. Erica won't what? eat them. Everybody thinks they're fucking gross. I'm like, have they you? tried them? Yeah, they, they don't. It's like fucking, like, it's like almost like getting a little bit of a gummy bear with a little bit of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and bold fruit flavors, too. I get cookies and cream, but I, all my favorites, like red bean. You okay. know, green, that's why nobody's eating them. That's <laughs> Brett Payne snack. Green tea? Yeah. Right? That's why nobody wants to eat People love mochi. ginger ice cream. No, they don't. People <laughs> in my house will not. They, they're not eating the mochi, no. but I buy fucking Oreo cookies and cream, which is like, come on. Are you, so are you doing these? Are you doing the, the ones out of the display case that you get with the tongs? Not, not in COVID-19 times. No, I'm just <laughs> bought a box of them. Pre-packaged? Yeah. Okay. They're good. It's good. I love the mochi. But yeah, my family won't eat it either. I think they were like saying something like it's got a bad consistency, and I was like, "That's, that's yeah, it's racist. silly. <laughs> it's wrong, wrong. racist." <laughs> yeah, I mean, ice cream could use a little extra chew. Well, I think, it, I think it, it helps chew. it out. Yeah. It is weird if you're forty years old and you've lived in America your whole life and barely ever leave Ohio. Like I can totally understand biting into a mochi and being like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like this. This is very strange." But like my wife, like my wife eats the grossest shit in the world. Like everything she likes is fucking gross. So it's so weird when she's like, "Yeah, I don't like a, I don't like this fucking Oreo cookies and cream mochi." It's like. What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> yeah. you, man? I've seen some of the shit you ate. She yes. grew up eating this shit called chop suey. Oh, no. Is, yeah, it's racist. I know, I know. But what it was was it, they would just lay a bunch of pork chops in a 9 by 13 baking dish, and then they would throw uh, tomatoes, canned tomatoes, not canned tomatoes. They would put ketchup all over it and then put uh, pineapple on top of it and then bake that. Until they were done and then eat it. How's that chop suey? Because it's weird. And back in the day when something was weird, you, you made it a Chinese thing. Right? And so, like, she, she, I was talking to her the other day. And her mom used to make this fucking wacky ass salad when we first started. Her mom just the absolute worst. You would never eat food she made. You go over there and you look at the food she makes and you're like, I can't. I can't believe you sustain yourself off of the. It's just trash, you know? And there's this weird salad they eat over there where they mix a bunch of like root, not root vegetables. Like, it's like a slaw, right? Uh huh. It's almost like a slaw with like a, 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 a kind of citrusy dressing. But the, and which sounds great, right? Like you're at a store, you know? It, you go, you, you're, uh, you're at a party, you'd probably. Brett would eat that. That's a Brett yeah. food, right? It's I love slaw. citrusy dressings. A, a slaw with a citrusy vinaigrette. 
that they make themselves. Okay. But then they crush up ramen noodles and put them in there and the chicken seasoning. And it's just like, what the fuck do you that's, people do? That's supposed to be sesame oil. That's not supposed to be... You're talking about... Yeah. Did you eat the fucking raw ramen noodle soup? Yeah, I've had that one. It's good. That's a, that's a classic. Food. That's, that's a classic. Hideous. That's a touchdown at any football event. Yeah, because we it were talking about... Sesame oil... Uh, you get like cabbage, like basically you get yes. coleslaw mix. Okay. You buy coleslaw mix, you break up a ramen noodles into it, and then you put like sesame oil on the whole thing. It's a healthy snack right there. Nobody's ever been more white trash than us. It's I mean, so good. I so serious. I love it. That's like going, Asian I, slaw is what it's I called. I was busting on my wife the other day because uh, uh, potlucks at work. When me and her started dating, there would be a potluck every once in a while. And I was like, you took the worst fucking shit ever in the history of food, right? Like, I, I'd be like, the pinwheels she would take. Pinwheels, yeah, those are hot. I don't know what people, I, I don't know if the listeners know what pinwheels is. I don't know how to describe them. You roll out a piece of bread, you make it flat, and then you lay lunch meat on it with cream cheese and like a pickles, and then you roll it all up and put a toothpick in it. Yes. <laughs> that was one. And then she would make cheese ball. Cheese which, balls are classic. It's That's so a good gross, one. Dude. It was a big fucking like, she would just make a big mound of like cream cheese and then lay beef over it. Yeah. All around it, like cover it in Carl Buddig. The, the like struggle beef, the beef you eat, the beef I, I sustained myself on for like the first six years of my adulthood. Shit on a shingle beef. <laughs> yeah, those, those little packages yeah. are so cheap, man. But the shit's so thin. You eat a whole fucking package and one shot on a sandwich if you want any sustenance from it. Yeah. And she used to make that, and then she would make veggie pizza. Veggie pizza is good. I defend that one to the death. <laughs> You're they the came worst. after Scott Walker for veggie pizza, but that one is nutritious, oh, halfway no. nutritious. Yeah, come on. There's some. There is some nutrients in a, in a veggie pizza. Well, the reason I brought that up is because I was a like ve oh, veggie pizza once again being Betty Crocker <laughs> crescent roll dough laid out flat uh, with cream cheese and mayonnaise mixed up with ranch dressing mix spread over top and then you put broccoli peppers onions tomatoes you have to cheddar like, cheese these were all invented for work because people hate their co-workers you know what i mean like they just they hate them so much that they bring but then the reason i bring this up is because as i was talking to katie about it i was like i never really ate at a pot i think you don't have potlucks like at blue collar jobs really and uh she was like Look, I could have made something good, but all of those things I made got eaten all the way up. There were none left. Like, that was the first shit people went to. And I'm like, people are just vile. Yeah. You know? <laughs> someone said that uh, someone at their work brought in Kraft mac and cheese balls. <laughs> Imagine making a box of macaroni and cheese and, like, deep frying it and bringing it into work. <laughs> Wait, the, the, like, the ones you buy at the, that is, like, maybe actually a dream meal for me. Mac but not to bring to pee. I wouldn't feed that to anybody else. But how can one, you do that right? I loved. Cra I love Kraft macaroni and cheese. It's so bad. Love, dog. love, love it. I you have a the kid, man. Shit. It's so bad. Well, that's your problem. Is you have a kid? I got fucking fifteen year olds, so we don't have to eat it all the time anymore. Oh, 
It tastes Every, so good. I haven't had it in years. It's so bad. Once you once you revisit it, you're like, man, I could get something better than this. For I don't sure. think so. I've never had better macaroni and cheese than Kraft. Stop it. Don't be silly. Or Velveeta. I like the Velveeta shells and cheese, too. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you've, you've stepped into an opinion I can agree with. But I like the Kraft better. I like the I love, powdered cheese better. Yeah. It's got to be in a packet. It's got to be goop in a packet. No, That's the like only it. thing that gets me going. Even the Daya stuff, I fucking love. I, I got some faking Alfredo mac and cheese. It came with a pouch full of goopy fat. I loved it. I love that your veganism is still like... Gross. Like not really a vegan. I'm trying to convince my. I'm trying to like get my kid. You I'm ain't like gonna get him, dude. I don't, don't think your wife is going. Vegan. She's not. She she's yeah. like more. She really wants to hurt animals now. She's like more committed to it. Like I don't give a fuck about that cow. I like butter. She's like, gonna eat meat. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna start eating meat. <laughs> she again. is. I think so. Nah. She the more I, the harder I go. No, because she's so grossed out by me. Remember when she went and let me make chir- chorizo at your house? Oh yeah. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. I, I offered to buy my own pan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'll buy my own pan. She's like, I don't want meat cooked in my house. And I was like, all right, shit. We were like one of the, we were at a fucking butcher shop in Washington, D.C., one of the best in the entire country. And I just wanted to buy some meats. And uh, I couldn't because I couldn't make them. Yeah. But you know what? I'll go to D.C. again. Who cares? Yeah, you ready to rock and roll on these Let's calls? Let's these calls. I'm ready to talk to some people. I've, I've been hearing some fucking tale of some bad stuff going There's on. There's a lot there. of wild shit happening. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is uh, Charles in Brooklyn. What's up, Charles? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Um, so, you know, I, I called in last week about my uh, co-worker who oh, no. <laughs> didn't believe. <laughs> right. We remember um, so you. I have a, yeah, yeah. I have a little bit of a of an update. Basically, um, he's at least now wearing a mask when he like goes home. So that's good, right? When he goes like, home, so like, so he wears well, a mask at work. He wears a mask at work, and what he was doing was when he uh, went home for the night. He was not wearing a mask, and he, you know, rides the subway. Okay. So So he wasn't wearing a mask on the subway. Right. Which is like, you know, (laughs) where you want to wear a mask. That's that's Corona roulette. That's the main place you want to wear a mask is like in closed quarters. If you're standing outside as a doorman at a building, right, you're, you're probably relatively safe because you're outside you know yeah yeah well i mean we're we're inside but ah. you know we like keep the door open sometimes and but there's like nothing happening too so like you know he's we, we're really at work we're really not in contact with many people but the subway is i i saw this article that it's like the main <laughs> like the main place where the disease has been transmitted right and he's not wearing a uh, mask on the subway because he believes you know the conspiracy of this, of, of everything. Yeah, but that Bill Gates was attacking Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry, what? He believes he believes the he believes that uh, Bill Bill Gates shut down the economy to get everybody vaccinated and shit. Yes, yes, he does believe that. And um, what else what was the other? We we went some wild places on Thursday. He told me he uh, he like is not fully convinced that there isn't lizard people. 
He said that. Yeah, well, I believe that too. And, right, and uh, he 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 remained skeptical about the flat Earth. I understand. But no, okay. Uh, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Somebody who says I remain skeptical about flat Earth is going to be a flat Earther. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. That's it's, just the fact. It's, it's very possible. Yeah, basically, once you're let it into your heart, it's happened. That's how these people, because yeah. the dude I knew that was flat earth was like, ah, you know, I don't believe all this bullshit about flat earth. And then they were like, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I don't, I don't think the earth is flat, you know, but these people raise a bunch of good points. And then next time I talk to him, he's like, the earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I could see him next week at him. He probably told him to believe that the earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a, uh, it, it is like, he's on his way. He's pondering it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So he's on yeah. his way is what I'm, I'm saying. It's, it's crazy because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like this. And then he, I really think what happened was he got into cryptocurrency and that threw him down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Yeah. That crypto stuff is. I mean, I'm sure we have listeners that are into cryptocurrency, although maybe not. Um, cryptozoology yeah. or cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency. Ah, uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, he has he has about two thousand dollars in this coin called XRP, and he at least in the very beginning of the pandemic, he told me that what's going to happen is the world currency is we're going to go away from fiat currency yes. and go into digital currency. And XRP is going to be the digital currency of the world. Okay. You know, I mean, not the worst idea, but also not going to happen. Like, Bitcoin is not going to be our currency. I'm sorry. Bitcoin is fail. That's what it is. Also, I don't think it has at all. The the coin that he owns, XRP, it's like 18 cents a, a coin. It's it's extremely cheap. Bitcoin has the yeah. name whoa, recognition. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold It's on. like the McDonald's of cryptocurrencies. So you're telling me that there's more than Bitcoin? Oh yeah, there's tons. And like, this dude's oh, in, yeah. an, and this so dude, many. and this dude's into an underground version of Bitcoin. Well, it's not like underground because I don't know. He was explaining it as like it's it's backed by some major bank or something, but it's mm. seventeen. 17 or 18 cents a coin, you know, and fluctuating rapidly as, you sure. know, as the cryptocurrencies do. I mean, I do like Bitcoin because you can buy drugs on the dark web with it, though. That's like a yeah, good well, that's thing. that's what it was like originally for. You think that- like I knew people that had Bitcoin like when it started and traded Bitcoins for like items in RuneScape. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what the shittiest thing is, is like fucking Vice type journalists went go and find those every once in a while and they get shut down because like I, I was looking at drugs on the dark web recently and the site I went to the first time was gone and I googled to find out why it was gone and and basically it was like uh oh can't find uh nightmare market well here and and it had fucking uh Here's three more. I checked all three of them. They were all gone too. So like Vice writes about it, and then boom, it goes away. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. let's not well, do the big one was the was the Silk Road, and that got yeah. shut down years ago. I know. I I still 
I wish I would have bought from Silk Road to this day. I spent time on there. You, the coolest thing I ever saw in there is these people were selling like bottles, uh, like like sixteen ounce bottles of lemonade with Xanax dissolved in them. And I was oh like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I would fucking love. To buy that and throw a party and see how everybody fucking see how slow mo the party can get, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that'd be a pretty slow party. <laughs> it, it was at a time I couldn't. Ri- it was just at a time I couldn't risk it. I mean, I'm now for the first time in my life able uh, to make weed butter because I was always afraid that if I bought an ounce and made it wrong, like I would just lose all that money. That's so, true. That's a good point. Like it's it, extremely intimidating. To yeah, do. yeah and I have like barely any cooking skills as is, so I'll, I'll let the professionals handle that. You know? Yeah, it's pretty easy. It and is making butter. Oh, is, is it? You can make it in a crock pot pretty easy, but it is like a large investment. You know? Yeah, yeah. Buying an ounce of weed, even though if it, it's supposed to last you for a month, but you really know it's only going to last for two weeks. But because Brett fucking eats eighteen cookies in an hour. Yeah, I like the taste of the cookies. <laughs> yeah. He's like on 1,800 <laughs> milligrams of weed every day, all day. So uh, is he... Is so, this, guys... What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's something I've, I've wanted to ask you guys about for a while. Okay. Um, and it's, it's uh, a man dear to my heart. I wonder, like, I know, Brian, you've talked about this before. You're really, like, you like, like those old Steven Seagal movies, right? I do. Yeah, I was raised. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. I like the main ones. I I haven't done right. the big go and watch like all of them thing because I think the okay. end ones seem horrible. But yeah, they're bad. There, there's very few in his like late career that are worth anything to watch. But there are some that are. They're just funny to watch at this point. You know, just a talent. Yeah. Massive he is, and you know he's he's not really doing any of the action. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, uh, and also I don't know if you guys have Amazon Prime, but I don't know if you're aware of this. He did a reality TV show where he was a cop. Oh yeah, yeah. Called Stephen Lawman. The motherfucker killed somebody's dog. Like he did the he full did? cop experience. Ran over it with a oh, tank. No. Yeah. Jerry yeah. Sheriff Joe Arpaio yeah. let him fucking fiddle around with their tank and he ran over somebody's dog. I believe. Is I that be on the show? Because he's filming. I want, it's on Amazon Prime, the second season. I watched like four episodes last night. And it, he, filmed, he filmed it in uh, New Orleans, like right outside New Orleans. So it might uh, be a different. Arpaio is in Arizona. Okay. There might have been two. Is it called Steven Seagal Lawman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there might have been yeah. two of them, and uh, but I there was a big conspiracy about them letting him be involved in a raid. It's true. I just I just snopes what Brian is saying right now, and uh, yeah, on his show he pulled up on Mister Lavera's home in Arizona for a raid and uh, killed the guy's dog by running over it. Yeah, oh my God. I mean that's the full cop experience, though. You know. Like if he's being, it was a, a cop, puppy, they an eleven-month-old puppy. Well, don't kill any age dog. You've seen yeah. that, yeah, yeah. But you hate to see the young ones get. I don't want to see. Yeah, you do. I mean, I don't want to see any dogs get killed. But he's a, yeah. you know, doing the cop thing. They just love killing dogs. 
It's like the fucking, oh my God. And they were coming after him for an illegal cockfighting ring and they didn't find it. Oh, oh no. Jesus. I was going to say, this guy's an asshole for having a cockfighting ring, but they didn't find it. So he might not have even had the goddamn thing. They went in and this, yeah. It's, how, do it's, you get, how do you get into a cockfighting? Like, you, you don't want to do that. do that in your home. I'm looking it up. You don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into cockfighting. I don't want to be a, a participant, but I would go and experience the ambiance of the cockfight. <laughs> Stop. Okay. You can't. I'm not saying so, I would that. just it's like how I want to go to we the can't state do church. it. We gotta shut it down. All right. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care what the I don't we have to we can't do cockfighting. I don't want to do cockfighting. But you can't show up and give money to cockfighting. I'm not going to give any money. I'm going to hang out in a fucking parking lot. Place dude. a bet. Yeah. that's They take money on the house. I'm, I'm Googling what right, the man. latest one is. Thanks, Thanks for calling. <laughs> Have a good one. You too, guys. Honestly, the most legendary one uh, for me, I think Steven Seagal was Under Siege. You like that one the most? Fuck yeah. It was just so good because... Um, I always just dreamed of being an unassuming assassin, right? Yeah. Like you're just the chef on a fucking boat, and then all of a sudden you're under siege. Yeah. And now you have to like use all of your master killer skills. But people thought you were just down there using those knives for like celery and cucumbers and stew shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh I like um what's the one I like? Uh, Out for Justice is the oh, one. That's I a like. good one too. That's my favorite one. I want to be clear. I don't want to go to a cock. I don't agree with cockfighting. I think the people that do it are horrible. But I want to see the people who do it. Is what I'm trying to say. You want to try to like be around support those people the dumbass, see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. just you be wanna... just be standing there like, hey, what's up, fucking skinny Jim Dang. or whatever their names. Are. I don't think you have the stomach for it. I wouldn't, I know, I couldn't watch them do it. Yeah. I can't even watch people kill, like, food for meat. I turn my head for that. Yeah, I don't think you could watch it. I wouldn't watch the cockfighting as a thing. It's a people thing. You just want to, what, share cigarettes with guys? That would be fucking <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. I do like that idea. No, it's just, like, I have this fucking draw to, like... <laughs> I just have this really. I've always wanted to go outlaws and play in like an illegal poker game. I've always yeah, wanted like to gamble that. at an illegal sports book. I've always wanted to. Like, yeah, it's just all this stuff. I've always like. I, I'm just fascinated by people that do stuff. That's what I was going to school to study. I I don't get a lot out of looking at at like serial killers or uh, murderers or uh, uh, people who do assault. But I do think that there is a lot to be learned about people who commit these crimes that were maybe considered like a lower level sort of crime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot to be learned about those people. Like, right. well, well, why does that happen and what type of people they are and, and what they do? But sure. Because that's what my PhD was going to be in like misdemeanor law sort of thing like not misdemeanor but you know what i'm saying like i was gonna study like people who do like petty theft and yeah shit. yeah i just i guess the difference is like whether or not animals are dying is the thing that's sad that's I not know. gambling to me i'm against that well right. animals die when the horses run 
They shoot those motherfuckers. There we go. Now we're ha- now we're talking. Are we going to close the horse race? Yeah, place? fuck I the mean, horse race. They do have. They, fuck number off. Number one, you could do a robot horse race. Perfectly easy. Yeah, I watched the Konami one at the when we were at the in right, Las you Vegas. Could, you could scale that to full size. And also, and they I mean, got slot machines there. Now. It will. I think it will. It should always be legal. You can go and wrestle and break a wild horse. You're welcome to do that for your own use. But you have to do it yourself. You got to be the one riding it around. Yeah, you, you can't be some billionaire that's that like pays. finds the best jockey and right doesn't fucking ever see the like. You got to run it down. See the horse ever? Yeah, you got to not yeah. get bucked off. You got to you got to break it yourself. Yeah, I like. All that. right. Uh, next caller, let's see how they feel about a- animal husbandry. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, talking to Joey from Louisiana. What's up, Joey? How's it going? Hey, pretty good. Uh, if either of you remember me from the last time I called in, just don't mention where I work because it might pay off later. Uh, okay. Oh, I do remember. I think I remember okay. you. Okay. All right. I called in about three weeks ago. I have a thing I'd like to read, if you're cool with it. Uh, it's a thing that my work sent out to everyone and told us to, like, print a copy and keep it in our cars. <laughs> um, okay. Takes, takes, about, takes about two minutes to read, if you're cool with that. Yeah, they, so uh, th- they want you to print a copy, and you got to keep this in your car. Yes. Uh, okay. This is... Uh, it, basically, what it is, it's like uh, if like cops pull you over to ask you where you're going, you show them this piece of paper. Yep. It has a real, to me, kind of like a sovereign citizen vibe where you're just like, no, don't ask me for papers. Shut up. I'm doing my business and whatever. I don't know. All right. It's a very serious thing for the type of business that I'm in. And I, I feel like by the time I get to the end of it, it'll, it'll pay off when I label of businesses. Go for it. Cool with me reading that? Yeah, yeah no, get into right, it. Totally, go yeah. for it. Okay. All right. So uh, this is a document they emailed out. Uh, the title of it is Employee Travel Related to Critical Infrastructure. Uh, and I have five points in that. I'm only going to read three of them because it's a little redundant. Uh, number one, Presidential Policy Directive 21 designates the food and agriculture sector as a critical infrastructure sector whose assets, systems, and networks are considered so vital that their incapacitation or destruction would have a debilitating effect on security, national economic security, national public health, or safety. Hallelujah. Number two. (laughs) This document certifies that the individual bearing this document is an employee of and traveling to or from work in a food or agriculture facility that has been designated as critical infrastructure, the continued operation of which is vital for security, national economic security, national health, or public safety. Number, Number three. Accordingly, it is appropriate in light of the president's coronavirus guidance to allow this critical infrastructure sector employee to proceed in the federal interest of protecting the nation's food supply chain, notwithstanding local restrictions such as curfews, shelter-in-place orders, and other similar restrictions on travel. 
regarding Amen. the following businesses. Cupid's Daiquiri's Lafayette, <laughs> Cupid's Daiquiri's New Iberia, and Cupid's Daiquiri's Opelousas. Cupid's? <laughs> Cupid's Daiquiri's gotta be open, man! Is there is Critical hey. fucking infrastructure, Brett. I'm looking up the logo. I gotta see yeah. the logo. <laughs> Society would fall apart without it. That I mean, is... people love them. I mean, it's a way to brighten up your day, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Put a I mean, smile on your face. Up. They could be considered inessential businesses. Is is that's just my... wait? Y'all put candy in them? Uh oh. Sure, you can get like a nerds or Reese's pieces or whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need I guess that. That's food. I'm sorry, you gotta you stay open. Vodka soaked gummy worms? Vodka soaked gummy worms, dude. <laughs> vodka soaked gummy worms. That's the fucking thing. You guys don't sell food, right? There's no food on that menu. No, it's, it's everything's alcohol. There's no food. This is not, it's very fine. I mean, hey, you know, two for one Tuesday on April 14th at Cupid's Daiquiri's. I mean, they are really just yeah. running like. They're really running there. I, 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 I you know, hey, I gotta stopping. say, I gotta, I gotta say, we've been like crushing it. It's been like the business, like the owner's been making money hand over fist right now because we're the only thing open. So like people have been flooding in. Like there was <laughs> last weekend with uh, Good Friday and Easter, people do like cookouts and crawfish boils and stuff, and it was crazy. So. Uh, and now people have their stimulus checks, and it's crazy. I don't know. So how are you selling these daiquiris? I'm like, can you buy them by like in a construction bucket full? No, you remember they sell the milk jugs. You can get a gallon. Yeah, you, you can get a gallon they milk sell jug. A gallon milk jug. So I'm I'm on the website. Yeah. Uh, some of your popular drinks like Mary Jane, Drunken Love, Rabbit Hole, Cali Kush. But then I see on yeah. the menu there's also what's called the deadly drinks, and these are the strongest drinks. Sure in here including the fighting tiger the bitch slap the twerk something the triple bypass and the cherry bomb do people get those ones <laughs> yeah. a lot or is that like a frat yeah, boy thing do people ones, go uh, deadly those are the ones made with everclear the most popular one of those is the who punch it's like a strawberry and mango daiquiri made with everclear yeah that sounds good Fighting Tiger, I, yeah. I'm interested in blue raspberry and strawberry with Everclear, of course. 190 octane swinging <laughs> yeah. is the name, and Trap Queen <laughs> is a name of one of. God, I fucking <laughs> need to get down there. Essential. Man. I mean, so is yeah. it a drive-through? Is it also a drive-through? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's only drive through right now. Uh, we can't do any inside service. How long is the line? How I walked by a Starbucks line. Yeah, I walked by a Starbucks <laughs> line yesterday. That it was definitely going to be over an hour for the people to get their drinks. I posted it on Twitter. It was one of the craziest things yeah, well, I we, have ever seen. We get them out quicker than that, um, but it's been crazy. So Good Friday. Uh, not this past Friday, but the one before and yesterday were like we did more in sales both of those days uh, than we did on Mardi Gras, which is normally our highest sales day of the year. Wow! Uh, it it's just that like all of their bars are closed. Honestly, a chunk of even the drive-through daiquiri shops in town are closed. So like everyone's coming to us. What's it's a really 
fucking weird right now because, you know, I mean, it's like you interacted with 300 fucking people or something yeah. a day. Yeah. It's not. What's a, what's a gallon of Mary Jane run? Are what's you wearing a mask? Uh, yeah, I've been wearing okay. a bandana at work because um, I have a beard and like a little surgical mask. Don't jive with it too well. But uh, I've, I've been wearing a bandana and gloves at work. Um, gallons are uh, 26 and $20 on Sunday. $20 on Sunday. My wife would You get, get a discount. They stop. Shit. Wow. They normally say you can't buy alcohol on Sunday, but you discount alcohol on Sunday. <laughs> Louisiana's yeah. good. If they would fucking legalize weed down there, that would be like. Yeah. I mean, I hated it when I was there, yeah. but if they legalized weed there, that would be like heaven to me. I would just move down there because everything, first of all, like everything, at least in New Orleans, looked kind of slapped together. And also, yeah. you could just be drunk and act like an idiot wherever you want. It seemed like people were really living free lives there. Oh, yeah. But you can't get weed. There. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, and, uh, where I live is Lafayette. Oh, shit. The last time I was on, I might have given an impression that New Orleans was carrying on as normal. But I think that city is maybe the only place in Louisiana where they're actually adhering to all the regulations. Uh -huh. ah. The rest of the state. Sorry, the rest of the state is uh, not. Like it, like I said, it was incredibly busy last week. I think New Orleans is actually complying, but uh, everyone else in Louisiana doesn't give a fuck, and they were all having cookouts last weekend, and, you know, it's going to be ugly as a result. I feel like we're going to have, like, a spike in cases in another week or so. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When me and Brett come get back down to Louisiana, we're going to make a special trip through Lafayette, and we're going to get a daiquiri from you. I'm going to drive through. Well, Brett's going to get a daiquiri. Unless you have a virgin daiquiri, yeah. I will not be getting one. Set aside. We do. We do. You can get any of our daiquiris as a virgin, man. We, okay. We, we blend everything from scratch, so I just make it without alcohol. I will, I will come and get a virgin daiquiri from you. I would love to. Yeah, that would be an honor. It's oh, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, like my sister lives down or did live down in Baton Rouge. It really is fascinating. Yeah. Those daiquiri stands are like such a culture shock to people because you're just driving and they're all over the place. Like you can just drive through, yeah. grab a daiquiri and drive off. And like, I, I did you grow up in Louisiana? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Louisiana. Do you how weird is it when you go somewhere that's not Louisiana? When it comes oh, to alcohol, so, yeah. uh, I do, I do, I do stand-up comedy. I, I went on tour last year, and whenever I left the state, that was one of the main things I had to keep in mind and ask locals about. Was like, what are the liquor laws and alcohol laws yeah. here? Uh, because ours are as lax as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, like uh, New Orleans and Lafayette have. Uh, don't really have open container laws. Like, you can just take your drink out with you. Uh, right. And until recently, you could also smoke in the bars, so you could have, like, a cigarette and a drink and move in and out of bars as you please and not really think about it. You could still so. smoke in Pennsylvania bars, we found out. Okay. So yeah, there is that. Some outside of... <laughs> There's a couple of cities in Louisiana, like Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans have outlawed smoking in bars, but the rest of the state, it's still legal to smoke in bars. And uh, 
I don't know. Like, I, I just, you know, if you go to casinos, I think maybe you can smoke in casinos still. Yeah. I just can't some. imagine being like somebody who grew up in Louisiana and comes to a place like Ohio where it's like, no, you can only buy alcohol, like actual liquor, right? Uh, actually, it just yeah. became legal and only because of coronavirus to have to go cocktails. Like it yeah. just yeah. last week became legal to have to go cocktails, and like you can't drink. Oh on man, the street. one of my favorite, one of my favorite bars is like a, a cafe by day and a bar at night. And so you would, a lot of people would go there early in the morning, and they would get a mixed drink and a coffee cup <laughs> and take it to work with them. <laughs> I love it. I got to get back down. You know what? I'm gonna go back down there. It's, it's not gonna be wrestling. It's not going to be for wrestling, and we'll spend, like, two days there. We'll Keep bring the fucking Trillbillies with us so that we have... I mean, I imagine Tom Sexton in New Orleans is very helpful and fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to come... Does, but he's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink, but I know he knows... He, you know he oh, knows how to have fun. Yo, you can find Molly, man. Like, you can fucking... In New Orleans, you can do whatever you like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I had more people that have offered me just like, hey, you want some shrooms? Like, I've had that happen more times in New Orleans than weed. Actually. Yeah, we got real shroomed up when last time we were in yeah. New Orleans. Me and you did. Did we? We, 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 we took a half an eighth and we were wasted. And then we had to walk like 10 miles to get an Uber after Joey Janela's spring break. Oh, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> we had IHOP. Yeah, but our okay. show was miserable there because the, the bar wasn't very good and uh, uh, mics didn't work and we had to share a mic. Yeah. So, but but we're a little bigger now and I think we could probably play a better venue. <laughs> but thanks for calling in. And, and I promise you, if you find out, make sure if we announce a Louisiana tour date, Please make sure that remind me that we said this because we will come to you and have I'll have a virgin daiquiri and Brett will have a what is it death a Mary Jane no the death what are the There's death, death level? didn't you say they had like a oh, death yeah. level <laughs> yeah. 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 I want I want the I want the tiger one or the yeah. or the beast line. tiger blood. tiger. Oh, fighting tiger, yeah. That's not tiger blood. They changed the name. <laughs> it probably wasn't. Thanks for point. calling in, buddy. That, that was really fun. Hey, uh, you mind if I plug share real fast? Fuck yeah, go for it. You earned it. All right. Sick. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at agitcropcomic. And I have uh, Etsy. Uh, it's uh, etsy.com slash shop slash agitcropcomic. Where I sell uh, buttons. That I uh, draw with Sharpies. So cool. Check it out. Awesome. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. That was thanks. the Agit, Agit Prop Comic, who also uh, gets you all your daiquiri needs in Louisiana. Let's see who is on the line next. We're burning through these calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Yo, it's your boy Young Cushwaffles. What happened? <laughs> Not much. How about yourself? Well, I, I just want to get this out of my system real quick it's, about the whole um, is protest it down here about the problem. It's Kush Waffles now? Weed Waffles, Kush Waffles, you know how rappers always use like multiple names. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Sorry, I, just, I, I, I like Kush Waffles. That's an upgrade. 
All right, so let's get this out of the way. Uh, update about the whole thing I told you about last week. Uh, basically, he made a whole ass YouTube stream talking shit about me, where he pretty much stood down me at a level that I have to say, I haven't heard somebody get in on their platform and yell this loud about essentially nothing or something point about me. Um, so basically, his argument was. You said you like you had a thing for a trans woman. You saw the time I praised uh, Natalie Wynn, aka Contraflex, for saving me from being an incel, by the way. And basically, basically his whole argument was calling me gay and then calling you guys gay, which I'm like, how does that prove me wrong? <laughs> so. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, the thing about it when it comes to content creation. Is that if you feel like there's something you can go off about and uh, kind of make yourself into the victim or having the superior, you know, way of thinking, whatever it may be, you know, it's easy for someone like that to manipulate it. But ultimately, you know, they sound like a pathetic asshole. Yeah, he's like a forty-something like army vet. He like brags about how he was airborne during the during the Kuwait war, during when he got deployed to Kuwait, and I had to point this out to him. You have to realize, I told them, that doesn't really like impress me much because I'm almost 30 and there are people my age who fought in the exact same war you were in. Yeah. That's, that should scare you a little bit that you, that you are like 40 and there are people 10 years, sometimes 20 years younger than you who are fighting the same war. Do you not question things around you a little bit? But I, this is about it. So, en enough about my, like, rough draft of a Quentin Tarantino movie I call my life. Anyway, um, you mentioned the whole thing about Steven Seagal with one of the previous calls. Two things about that. Um, Under Siege does not impress me because if you've ever worked at a Mexican restaurant, every bat cook is like Casey Ryback. Yeah, that's great. I feel like it, it highlighted, like, our, our brave chefs that are also cold-blooded killers. Back of the house. Nobody yeah, ever, nobody acknowledged what the back of the house can do. Every fucking back cooking, like, like the dude who like cooks up all like the stuff like meats and all that shit. Nobody fucks with a nigga. Actually, I can prove it. The, the Haitian dude that I was telling you about when I first called in to try and bail him out of like ice guys, he was the back cook. And that's how I found this out. Cause me and I try to square up all this motherfucker. He basically. It's one thing to choke me out. It's another thing to kick me in the face in the middle of a close quarters fight. How do you... You know what? I'm going too far. Point is, you know, respect all of our brave uh, restaurant workers who are in this time because, you know, if need be, they'll, they'll poke a motherfucker up and down. Just saying. Sure. You know. Hell yeah. So that's all the way. Second thing, uh, can we all agree that in that latter year that basically... Steven Seagal is probably the world tough, and I'm using air quotes here, toughest weeaboo. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, he's, uh, you know, there's just something about it. Uh, there's something about the, the culture that we've been sold as being this very honorable thing uh, with, like, wisdom, ancient wisdom and secret cures and magic and shit. And uh, he definitely achieved it. And his, he got, he even, like, I don't know, he had, yeah, he's so, 
he has blinders on and that he's just so deep into himself that he doesn't mind just editing a whole bunch of movies over the last few years to make it look like he can really beat up a room full of people with just like his magical martial arts training, you know? Okay. Two, I want to segue into the main thing. Number one, uh, Will Sasso, that's all I'm going to say just about the whole fighting thing. Yeah. Um, Number, well, three things. One, Will Sasso. Two, the fighting style that he uses is pretty much, is literally the same fighting style as probably, and video game fans will know who I'm talking about, the most infamous fighting game villain that has ever existed in all of fighting games, Geese Howard, who, if you ever play Tekken 7, he's a guest character in that. Uh-huh. And he, he, he handles, can, he controls weird because it's a 3D game instead of a 2D game. But in every 2D game he's in, he's vicious. Because you know how, like, in all his movies, he's basically, everyone just touches him for a second, and he pretty much snaps their arms in four different directions? Right. Now imagine somebody who could actually do that, but he pretty much looks like a cross between, like, um, he looks like a cross between Kiefer Sutherland's dad and uh, Billy Zane. Donald Sutherland? Yeah, he looks like a cross between Donald Sutherland and and uh, Billy Zane. Like, just imagine those two mashed into one like a uh, very rich criminal white man who knows who has no problem breaking people's arms. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much beef out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. You, but the getting to the main point, uh, third point to segue to the whole thing about Atlantis. You do you do realize in the whole like um, Lawman TV show he's doing. Sheriff Arpaio was not his first choice. You realize that, right? No, I, no. I didn't know about the production of Steven Seagal. So apparently, and no one really knows this, but he pitched it to a lot of different sheriff's departments. One of them was ours because, he, again, he's from our town. But at the time, our sheriff, who was in power at the time, looked at him and said, if you don't get the entire fuck out of my face <laughs> with this shit, because he knew it was going to happen, because you've got to understand Ingham County is mostly the southern end of the of uh, Lansing, Michigan, which means if they had had his ass out here with the Ingham County, I got to be honest, there might be a chance I would have been on an episode because I have been in a few situations where I've had to outrun the fucking deputies around this. Nation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, you want to know the best? You want to know the best one? This is another regional thing. You know the best one? You know where Ingham County uh, deputies usually get sent to around here to deal with people doing dumb shit? Where's that? They get sent to the most times? Where's that? Texas. Meyer. Oh, Meyer. Yeah, Meyer. That shit happens in Meyer. Yeah, Meyer shit goes down in Meyer. Yeah, that's where the cool shit goes down. Bray used yeah. To yeah, Meyer is open, like, it's like free territory. You're allowed to do whatever you want in Meyer. That's like the most desperate people no. get funneled to a fucking Meyer. Yeah, Meyer is like the dark zone in uh, the division. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we well, like, Mr. Cushwaffle, thanks thing for calling about, in. One thing about the Lansing protest. Okay. okay. About the Lansing protest, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go for it. Uh, got to get this one thing. Takeout. I, I gotta, I gotta say this for everybody in Lansing who is trying to defend the shit. You do realize that 
part of the money that is going to this, everyone's always talking about, oh, Betsy DeVos's husband. No, 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 no. Betsy DeVos's husband and her brother are funding these fuckers. You have to look into the money. Some yeah. of it's coming from a few different companies, and if you follow the money, one of the shell companies that's paying into these motherfuckers goes right back to Eric Prince. Betsy DeVos is crazy ass. Mother fucking <laughs> Blackwater. I knew it. Yes! We are having an entire fucking revolution in the, in the state by a goddamn war criminal. Wake up, people. Find the real enemy. Anyway, yeah. I am going to go back. Coronavirus to is the real enemy. And Bill Gates. Yeah. Well, Bill Gates, fuck him. I use Linux for everything. I don't give a shit about it. Oh, him. shit. Open-minded. All right. Thanks for calling in, Coach Waffles. We, peace out. Peace. Yeah. Appreciate it. Kush Waffles Corner of Street Fight Radio. Yeah. Goes deep. I mean, Tekken fans are going to go Tekken ape shit. Tekken 7 fans are going to go ape shit for the Geese Howard stuff. After that. It's uh, break time for us. Can we do one more? I mean, if it's an absolutely necessary one, we can do one more. It's hour five, and yeah, let's do one more. Yeah, go. Cool. I don't care. You, you got it in you. It's ten. Oh, you know what? They're saying take a break. No! They no, said they never can mind. Wait. No, we don't have to take a break. I got the fucking time wrong. Never mind. We still got 25 minutes till break. Yeah. Take the call. All right. Let's uh Sorry, caller. I love you. Let's uh jump on the phone here. See who we're talking to. Thank you for calling Street Hello? Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Amanda. Howdy. Hey. At cat content hey. only on Twitter. At, At cat, cat content, content only. only. Yeah. How are you guys? Okay. We're having a good night. I mean, we just heard from uh, Weed Waffles about Tekken 7 and uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, I, I heard that one. That's a tough act to follow. I'm not sure I can follow that. <laughs> well, I mean, is there any... Is there any sort of uh, conservative podcast that has a vendetta against you that you could would feel fair, free There's to no share? There's no conservative podcast that has a vendetta against me, but um, in the past week or so, I have had several accusations logged at me that I am a Chinese spy or a Chinese agent. So I don't know if that. Oh, I did works. see that. I did see that this week. I saw that you were saying yeah. like people are calling me a Chinese agent. Like, yeah. So what kind of infiltration yeah. have you because been doing? I, I looked at your account and I was like, <laughs> communism and kratom. I, you know, I don't love cats, but it's okay. Kratom yeah. and communism are two fucking of the best things in the world. Kava too, bro. Kava. Yeah. I can't figure that what stuff kind out. Of, who, what? What Kratom dealer are you buying your Kratom from where they give you a free thing of hand sanitizer with every purchase? <laughs> I'll DM you. I just followed you, and I will DM you when we get I I have made it a big deal not – because here's the thing. I don't want them to run out of shit, number one, and we've bought so yeah. much stuff from them. And they've never given mm -hmm. me a discount or a cut or anything like that. So I'm sick of fucking throwing business there. How way. would they ever know? Because people would go there and buy the Kratom. How would they know that you're connected to that? They know I'm Street Fight. They fucking have DM'd me. Oh, okay. On Got Twitter, it. they used to DM <laughs> with me. We used to buy our stuff from them for a period of time. Got it. Remember? And then they were like, we can't handle your load. Yeah. And uh, then like, we were like, whatever. We'll just move on. It was too expensive anyway. Because I, I pay 
a little bit more for my Kratom. Uh, because it like goes through a lab and they put a little gimmick on it. Like uh-huh. a, a little, you can yeah. scan it with the thing. And uh, yeah, they give hand sanitizer. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you, I'm sending it to you right now. Over, uh, over. Awesome. Uh, but uh, that you have to put a secret awesome. code in to get the hand sanitizer. And it's just too two ounces it's like that's that's a lot man i'm i'm i mean i would do some wild shit for that two ounces okay i'm gonna order some now i didn't know that two ounces was a lot yeah baby you can sanitize a lot of shit with two ounces you know what's shitty about this quarantine is uh we actually have kratom bars here in new york and uh like we there have been a ton opening up in the past uh, like year or so, but now because of um, uh, uh, COVID nineteen, obviously, like all the kratom bars have had to shut down. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, what, I've been drinking kratom at home now. So what? I mean, what what brought you to it? Like, what what brought you to uh, kratom? Fucking. Um. So I can't drink. I can't like metabolize it at all. It makes me really, really sick. Uh-huh. Um, and so, um, I first heard about kava first. I don't know if you guys drink kava, but I had just moved to New York a few years ago and I read this article, I think like the New Yorker or something about this kava bar that had opened up. And, um, since I couldn't drink, I was really excited to uh, try, uh, something like that. Um, and then I went there and then they told me about something called Kratom. Um, so I tried that and then, um, there was like another bar, uh, that had like the better vibe, a bit closer to where I lived. Um, so I started going there and drinking Kratom regularly. Uh, and then I just started becoming a regular there. But, um, a whole bunch of new bars have actually popped up all over the city within the past few years or so. That's, That's really so neat. wild yeah. that there's bars for it. Like, do they make it taste good? Yeah, they do. Um, they, I mean, like you can drink it straight or, uh, that's like how I would do it. They have like different cocktails uh, on the menu. Um, yeah, I want some yeah, pineapple like, juice or something. Yeah. Normally when I'm at home, I just usually like, uh, mix it with fruit juice or something. Yeah, I just drink it straight out of a cup, and it tastes really gross, but it feels really good, so I'm okay with it, you know? Uh, yeah. Going to the bar for it seems... I'm trying to see if you still get the hand sanitizer. Uh, oh, I got a good discount, <laughs> too, so that's something. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, but I was, yeah, I was, I was on here the other day. They sent me a thing saying they did hand sanitizer. And I, uh, I was like, oh, well, I'll order Kratom specially just to get the hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, That's awesome. That's y- awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so cool that you go to the Kratom bar. Why are people yeah. accusing you of being... A Chinese app? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, uh, recently I've been pushing back a little bit on... There's been a ton of anti-Chinese sentiment in the media recently, right? Yeah. And uh, there's been this narrative constructed to, like, place the entire, like, blame of the epidemic on China um, in order to deflect from the U.S.'s 
like own handling and stumbling of the situation. And so I think people in the U.S. are just like so brainwashed by this anti-Chinese propaganda that um, like they perceive that any sort of pushback against this like kind of media narrative is automatically, you know, like funded by the U.S. government or the funded by the Chinese government or something that they're automatically a Chinese op. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what, yeah. That's really why I wanted you to call in. Uh, You know, we haven't done a lot in a a lot of, you know, uh, coverage of that kind of stuff. Um, But I did know, I know that you did an episode of the Antifada podcast related to a lot of this and, you know, I mean, I think that I think the folks that listen to Street Fighter Radio are, you know, not inclined to believe that it's the fault of China or anything like that. But I think, like, you know, there is a lot of terms like wet market that are being thrown around yeah. um, that do like need some sort of clarification, you know, like I, I did some okay. my, my own yeah. investigations and stuff like that, but um, it's very uh-huh. easy for it to become a narrative that, um, you know, is not true, just propaganda, stereo stereotypes and propaganda uh, about the kind of, right. you know, the, the disgusting Chinese people is, is, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And it's like such a huge topic. I think like, like the wet market is a good entry point. Um, so like the wet market hysteria, I think is just overwhelmingly Orientalist. Yes. And it's driven by people who don't know the difference between a wet market and the wildlife trade, right? Which are two different things. They a wet market. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you were. You, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, it's okay. Um, a wet market is just any sort of market that sells um, fresh food, fresh produce, fresh meat. Um. But uh, people are sort of like a wet market um, in contrast to a dry market, which just sells dry food, right? Um, But people are kind of conflating a wet market with the wildlife trade, which is, um, you know, the selling of these uh, sorts of animals, like um, these wild animals, which is um, kind of, it's like relatively rare. And, um, you know, like people, there are people who are against that in China. Um, but the way that wet market, wet markets aren't really that unusual, right? We have them in the U S we just don't call them wet markets. Um, but the term wet market, um, it really only entered, uh, like popular discourse after the emergence of COVID-19. And what I found is that it's sort of become a dog whistle in the same way bushmeat was, was during the Ebola outbreak. Yeah. Um, and in both, like, in the sense that people revive these old stereotypes, of, like certain non-white people, uh, dirty and barbaric, um, and just, like uncivilized enough to eat these animals that Westerners would never touch. Right? right. And it sort of does the work of placing the blame of disease on their own savagery. Right. Um, and if you can remember back to the very beginning of the epidemic, there was just this obsessive coverage of, of the wet markets 
and like what kinds of animals were supposedly sold at these wet markets and like the unsanitary conditions of like these wet markets. And it kind of revived these old stereotypes um, that go, these old, these old stereotypes of Chinese people that date all the way back to um, the mid to late 19th century when like there was this mass uh, Chinese immigration to the U.S. because they needed people to build these railroads, right? Um, and these stereotypes about Chinese, uh, that's when these like stereotypes about Chinese people developed, that they were dirty and they were diseased and um, they were often associated with disease like smallpox and cholera. And um, a lot of times when there would be like, uh, like a public health crisis, like a smallpox outbreak or something, it was uh, often attributed to the Chinese population. And um, it was actually uh, an outbreak of smallpox that led to uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act uh, in the late 19th century, which barred uh, Chinese immigration for like several decades. Um, wow. And so these, uh, so these stereotypes are nothing new, you know. Um, they've existed for a long time. And so they kind of remain latent in the backs of people's minds. Um, but when you have an outbreak uh, like SARS from a decade ago or um, COVID-19 now, um, what these terms like wet market do is that they kind of evoke these images that are already in the backs of people's minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I honestly, you know what this, what you're saying there reminds me of this very epic Brian Quinby moment. Uh, Brian had this hat, um, that was said Republic of Cuba on it. And, and this mm-hmm. guy kind of saunters over to him and says, Hey, you know, in Cuba, they have teenage prostitutes. And Brian says, oh, Brian says, yeah, NBA weekend is full of that in America. We don't have, we have the yeah, same problem yeah. here. And I imagine there is a very popular rare meat economy in the United States where you can eat anything under the sun if you have the ability. Um, but it's totally not related. Right. It's totally not related to having like a, a produce stand on the corner that serves, you know, wet products versus, you know, dry goods. So. Right. I- it's 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 and it does it act i mean in the same way that russia became so comfortable for like democrats and liberals it activates the propaganda that's been pushed into us like you know even now in in the time of you know lizzo in the time of hillary clinton in the time of like all of the the uh the positivity stuff that we have going on, there is still something mm-hmm. inside of us where they say, you know, Chinese people eat dogs and cats and all the, and bats and all these other things. And we just immediately accept that as the truth. Like that, that's just like the daily life over there without any sort of an investigation at all. It's very easy for us to, to have like a whole foods crunchy mom that is like gluten free. Mm-hmm. To be like, yeah, they, they do that over there, you know, and it's, and it's, it's based on nothing at all. I actually did see, I watched a YouTube video of an American that was in China that was like, 
explained the whole thing and he recorded his like visit to the wet market where it very much just uh -huh. looked like the inside of giant eagle here it looks like a giant eagle marketplace yeah, yeah. just like an authentic version of it you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and you know like it it's a way of de dehumanizing a population Absolutely. and it like sort of fits into this like propaganda campaign um uh I mean, COVID-19 probably couldn't have happened at a better time in this election year, right? Uh, That's why Bill like, Gates did it. it Brett, Brett's blaming it on Bill Gates. I'm in the Bill Gates camp. <laughs> <laughs> I think he Bill said Gates. that's why Bill Gates did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so like everything, you know, it was Russia a few years ago, and now the blame has shifted entirely on China. And now this entire election is going to pivot around, who, like, which party can blame China more, which mm -hmm. party can, like, out-hawk the other one, uh, like... Blame them in the China. right way. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. Joe Biden ad that's been running is just about blaming China in the appropriate way, not in the mean way that... That Joe Biden ad, like, Joe... I mean, I wasn't going to vote for Joe Biden anyway, but... <laughs> Watching that ad last night just completely sealed the deal for me. That, it's just, like, conservative talking points, and everything in that video that was said, it's just indistinguishable from what a Republican would say. Right. Like, I think and in that video, he uh, blamed Donald Trump for allowing 40,000 Chinese Americans into the U.S. Uh, right after the epidemic sprung up, uh, like essentially blaming um, um, the, the pandemic in the U.S. on these 40,000 Chinese Americans. Yeah, I mean, you know, he has been... I, my wife uh, in 2016, like right after the election, was really depressed because, you know, Donald Trump got elected and, you know, she'd, yeah. been, she'd been kind of following. She doesn't follow the race like I do or like you do or Brett does. But like she mm -hmm. she like kind of in the ether gets what's going on, you know, and I talk to her and we talk about it when we're all together. And uh, was completely shocked today. She when she said, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. And I was just like, cause she said in 2016, she's like, I don't care who it is that's against Trump. Mm -hmm. I'm voting for him. And when Bernie Sanders got out of the uh, running, my wife fucking yeah. broke her. It yeah. turned her into one of us. Knuck if you buck. It's that time. It's the breakdown of American society. It's happening. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> But we can I gotta, make it our everybody feels confident. We know that we can do it without them. We've seen the leadership that's been proposed. We know we can trample them. Yeah, yeah. And and I yeah. I I yeah. think like people getting blamed. I mean, because are you getting yelled at by by like liberals, like like the the centrist liberals like on this thing or do you um, think it's the conservatives? Uh no, uh it's mostly I get yelled at by a lot of alt-right people, a lot okay. of Nazis, a lot of, like, really psychotic, like, racist right-wingers. Yeah. Yeah, you have a target. I mean, they they have a very unhealthy hatred towards a type of person, and you fit the profile, and, like, that's just awful. I, I It sucks that you have to deal with that. 
And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I talked to a lot of my Asian American friends about it and we're all just like pretty scared at the climate right now. And we're pretty scared at, you know, um, this anti-Chinese sentiment and how fast it's escalating. You know, I, I, it seems like I log on to, uh, like I log on every day and I read about like some sort of new incident or new hate crime. Um, that's, that was just committed against a Chinese or Asian person. Yeah. Um, I've like, been seeing that a lot recently. too. And I, but yeah, yeah. when I look at those Huntington beach, I look at those people out there and I feel like that kind of an angry mom can be whipped up to doing any bullshit like that, you know? Right. Right. Um, a lot have happened in New York as well. Like, just um, well, within a few he, day, a few days of each other, there was like a woman who was taking out her trash in Brooklyn, and some guy just like doused acid on her. Yeah, and then I there was that. another. Uh, there was a Chinese woman in the Bronx who she was riding the bus, and she just got like cornered by a group of teenagers, and they just start started like hitting her over the head with an umbrella. God so, damn! Scary stuff. Yeah, yeah I I, yeah. I mean I found out. Be going to New York a few times, like the super racists live there. Like, I mean, really to be the Nazi, the white supremacist gangs and shit, the type of people that claim mm -hmm. that in New York City have to be the most violent criminals of them all, you know? Well, it, it's it a fucked up place. Yeah. For it's that. more people. There are more people there, but it does seem like the a place where this stuff happens people, more. Yeah. And I think it, I think like it has to do something with like, like we're we're also like pressed up against each other. Mm. Um, so, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know I don't know it is it's you know it's just something we have to say out loud. I think uh, acknowledging these things that are happening and speaking about it, you know, is helpful to, to people that listen to people that are going through this stuff or, you know, me and Brian want to make sense of it and, and, and do it in a way that makes sense. And, uh, is, you know, uh, isn't just, you know, jumping into the, the standard, you know, rhetoric about these type of things. And, you know, you don't, you don't get to, you don't really get to talk to folks about the, the way they're being targeted by fucking targeted by people online for for simply you know trying to to educate folks about shit you know yeah 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 so thanks for calling in i hope we can have your back i wish we were in new york i would i would i'd be your bodyguard and then so what would happen would be i would get my ass <laughs> and then you would have a chance to run as fast as you can away from it Brian said, Brian said he would get beat up for you. I would get beat up for you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. And I mess. Here's, here's the thing. While you were, while we were on the phone earlier, I, uh, bought some Kratom and did the coupon code for the hand sanitizer and it, they're still it doing worked? it. It's the, and I sent it, I messaged it to you immediately when I was done all the info. Awesome. But Thanks. you got to pay I'll, with Zell. Right away. You got to pay with Zell, which is this whole pain in the ass. A lot of people got Zell. 
Ozelle, Z-E-L-L-E. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I have it because I'm used to buying kratom online because you know yeah. you can't buy with a credit card because it occup- occupies this legal gray area. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm used to paying through all of these like weird ways. Okay, good. Gazelle is a mother. You're just like. You mean I gotta use fucking Zell? Yes. I have to link my bank account no, no. to Zell? So um, <laughs> this want the supplier that I've been buying my kratom from for over a year now. Uh, he recently switched to PayPal, but before he switched to PayPal, you would have to write him a check and mail it to him. <laughs> wow, it's probably good. I, I never you done. gotta tell me. But let's That's trade. Some pow pow, yeah. <laughs> let's trade some info here because I'm looking for some new powerful stuff. But this stuff I have is as powerful as it gets. I feel like the kratom I get. Is the most powerful. It is tested, right? It is made in America. It's it's grown here, right? It's 100% tested and it's made. No, they don't grow kratom here. One of those places was. It comes from Florida. It comes from Florida. So it's, you know, whatever. But, uh, and they're really quick at shipping too. They get it to you in two days. So not only, I will also message you when it comes and I'll let you know if the hand sanitizer is in it. That's a promise. Okay, great. <laughs> That's the Brian Quinby promise. I will get my ass beat for you, and I will also <laughs> let you know about this hand sanitizer gimmick. Okay, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. thanks for having me on. Yeah, we for, appreciate um, it. Yeah, I me to call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check in again. We we would love to talk more about Kava and Kratom. I, I, I forgot to tell you about when we went to the Kava bar in uh, fucking Colorado. So we'll save that for another time. Oh, uh, you okay. can follow Amanda on Twitter. She's at cat content only. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I'm ready for this break. How about you, Brian? It's exactly break time, baby. Time for breaks. Time for sh- music. I don't know what music I sent. I already forgot it, but I'm bringing it up. The name of the band. And this is because we were talking about the movie uh, Airhead. Airheads, baby. Love that movie. Love that fucking movie. All right. Well, this is, uh, is it Twin Spiral the name of the band or is Airhead? Sprawl is <laughs> Twin Sprawl. You never get them right. Never. Is the band. Airhead is the song. Maybe just go to the Twin Sprawl. Click on their name. They just sent the one song and it ain't long enough for a fucking break. So just go to soundcloud.com slash Twin Sprawl and play their motherfucking music. Yeah, we need like eight minutes. Yeah, this is Ambiante is what it's... an electronica.
Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fighter Radio. It's the call-in show. Thanks for being here, chatting along with us. If you're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, we can see what you're saying. We love uh, all the folks that show up every single week. Congressional baseball fan, Red and Black, Black Rules. All of our favorites are there in the chat. Uh, Domina, Karina. No, I don't know how to say the name right now. I'm so fucked up. But uh, she's in there as well. All of our favorites are in the chat. Probably Weed Waffles in there. Weed Waffles is probably in there, I'm bet. bet. Change his name on it, too. It's like. Right. It's Kush Waffles. Yeah. No. Weed is. Yeah, weed, weed is, waffles so, weed is, is cool. something you get rid of, though, out of your garden, right? I like the name Weed. Though. Kush. I like calling Weed Weed. I'm going to go get some weed. I, I like think weed. when they make it legal, they. Like federally, they should be. They should officially say it's weed. Oh, Legal dude, weed, bro. It's weed. You should get oh. a prescription for weed. I do have a thing you got to pick up. Um, if you want more of what we do, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/StreetFightRadio. Please support the show. Honestly, right now uh, we're doing a lot of extra work. Jake is doing a lot of extra editing we're doing extra video content we're doing extra premium audio shows and jason is also working on a lot of extra things and uh, normally we make money from our touring so you know most of the time when brian and i go on tour we don't actually make any money from that we put it back into the business and that goes towards that goes towards uh you know, paying Katie, paying Jason, paying Jake. So as of right now, nobody in the Street Fight headquarters has coronavirus, but we do have a bunch of T-shirts. So please consider buying a T-shirt in these trying times to support Street Fight Radio. If not, sign up for a monthly subscription on Patreon. Like I say, it's free until May 1st. So sign up right now, absolutely free. Uh, listen to Teen Fight Radio, listen to American Podcasts, hey, listen to Shocktober. I got a... First of all, there was a Shocktober last week where we talked about one of the funniest uh, uh, man-cow bits I think we've ever talked about. Wow. And uh, next Wednesday, I believe, is the the first episode of Holy Boys with me and Tom Sexton. It will be about Jimmy Swaggart, and the guest is Leslie Lee the Third, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. So get that private Patreon feed. Support the show as we continue through this uh, new world that we're in. And uh, let's jump on new, the call. New, new, new world order. You ready? Yep. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, man. Uh, this is Bucky. I'm in Peoria, Illinois. I know uh, Bucky. What's up, Bucky? How you doing? Hey, man. How you <laughs> I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm uh, doing, like, dinner stuff for my kid, and I'm going <laughs> to give her a bath. And then I'm going to go to my uh, overnight shift at my job, where what? I'm an essential worker. What's for dinner? Wait, what, oh. uh, for her? For yeah. her, like a, a quesadilla, like sliced apples in uh, like peanut butter, yes. and assorted other junk, you know? That's, that's a, a solid That's a dinner. solid children's that dinner. That is like a straight up, that is all my kid likes, too. Oh. My daughter just yeah. likes to eat yeah. straight tortillas. Sometimes she's like, I want a snack. And I'm like, I can make you this, make you that, make you da da da. I run through the whole fridge, the whole counter, like everything that's in the cabinets. And then she's like, Can I just get a tortilla? And I'm like, Yes, just perfect. A tortilla. Just a tortilla. <laughs> do, you keep, do you keep the uh, tortillas in the fridge? Uh, when they go bad, when they're about to go bad. Like as soon as they hit the date, then I throw them in the fridge. Very smart. Very okay. Smart. So we, we put them in the fridge at the beginning. 
and they have become, yeah, that's like, she'll roll one up and eat it like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I also do for the tortillas, we get, we put the peanut butter on the tortilla, like spread it out and then roll it up. We call yeah, it peanut butter roll up. It's, uh, I do that. You want to hear what I do, Bucky, before, because I, I really want to hmm. get to what, what you called for because, uh, you know, and it being an essential worker right now, it's, it's important to oh, hear yeah. what's going on, but, but. I'm going to say this on the air, and Jason's going to look at me weird. Brett's going to call me pathetic, and you're probably going to think I'm an idiot. Uh, what I do with tortillas is I get a big burrito-sized flour tortilla, and I put a bunch of Doritos in it, and then I roll <laughs> it around, and I eat it like a Dorito burrito. And yeah, I do this almost every night now. I, it's like one of my favorite treats now a burrito size was this before the quarantine you did this before the I, quarantine yes i did also do this before the quarantine okay. i i think i've been doing this for at least 10 years because there there's a story there's a story i have where when when my daughter was very young it was the middle of the night and i was super stoned and i was standing in the kitchen and I had a tortilla with sun chips wrapped. Like I wrapped tortillas in a sun chip. Oh, hell yeah. And I was eating it. And my daughter walked in and saw me eating it. And I was like, you know, I don't want this to be the example I send to my kid. <laughs> 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 Change some of my habits. So you thought Doritos. Yeah. Doritos yeah. more respectable than sun chips? Like, what are you talking, garden salsa or harvest cheddar? Uh, actually, they're old ones. They're the peppercorn ranch ones. They came in a black oh, yeah, yeah. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, they don't make those anymore, right? R.I.P. No, I, you know what? They might make them. I'm on this whole thing now, Bucky, where stores just stop selling shit. And it's always mm -hmm. shit that I like. They say the the Oreo Klondikes are the biggest example. They got these Klondikes Ooh. that are kind of thick, and they are cookies and cream ice cream with an Oreo cookie top and an Oreo cookie bottom, and they're big. They're big On what? and round. They're they're fucking ice cream novelties. Oh, gotcha. And I love these things, and I would buy them every time I went to Kroger. And Kroger's a cheaper store than Giant Eagle because I I, you know, Giant Eagle, you're gonna spend. $60 more at Giant Eagle than you are at Kroger, for sure. And fucking, I shop at only Giant Eagle now because I want to be able to get the Oreos. <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get their hooks in you. I know. This is like this one product that if Kroger sold, I would save $60 a month. <laughs> Peppercorn Ranch is not happening anymore. No. So you're a, uh, you are an essential worker, and it's always important when we talk to essential workers, like what, what is your job? You don't have to give the name of the company or anything. Just like sort of what is, what is the job? Um, well, I mean, I don't like really mind giving it. I'm not going to like spill the fucking beans too hard. It's the most essential job. I work in a warehouse where we just move shit around. Gotcha. Uh, I work for Caterpillar. Um, Oh and my shit. Job that's a good job. Yeah. <laughs> You, you remember, uh, we, we talked about this before, probably. Um, you, Brian was on my podcast. Um, we were recording up until I like had to leave five minutes after we finished. And the job felt essential then, and it's definitely essential now, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, Caterpillar yeah, parts, though, are are they building a lot of right. Caterpillars right now? I mean, so it's I, the idea being that, like, 
I guess the governor, his stance on it, uh, J.B. Pritzker, of course, giant baby Pritzker, as I call him, um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he decided that it was like, uh, since we do work with construction vehicles, all, all construction equipment, manufacturing and logistics, to move construction equipment, I guess, counts as essential to the, you know, the, the maintaining of what is left of current society, I guess. Um, we're going to keep people really building. Feel, yeah. Gotta yeah. Keep oh yeah. Building. We got to keep, cause you know, that way everything is like still fresh and new and we can go outside again. There's going to be all this cool new shit out there that you don't even know they're building. That's yeah. kind of the, that's the idea, right? Um, but no, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> What, we shouldn't be there. What is the uh, what what are what are their uh, precautions? What what kind of precautions are being taken at at the warehouse? Okay, so first of all, um, my wife and I, um, and I believe my son, all were positive. You know, COVID nineteen positive. I'm I'm hundred percent fucking certain at this point. Um, my wife started feeling symptoms first around the twentieth of March or no, actually about a week before that I started feeling symptoms around the 20th of March. Uh-huh. Um, we vote, we, we voted of course on, on, uh, March 17th. That was, it was cool to go in, in the middle of all this and, and go and vote. Um, but we were, we're convinced that we actually, when we went to go vote, we were probably both already positive, probably already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were very careful, but we, we were asymptomatic at that time or still, you know, um, what, what do you fucking call it? The, the thing where you don't have it yet, but you do have it, and you're giving it to everybody, but you don't know that you have it because you don't feel it yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the gestation <laughs> um, period. Gestation, yes. yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, my wife got it real fucking bad. Um, we, we went to see doctors. Um, we couldn't get tested. There's a thing, uh, like a, we got like a small chapter of DSA here that's like, I don't know if it's like officially affiliated or anything, but it's what they've labeled themselves as. And uh, the, they wrote a thing with her, interviewed her on their website um, about what it's like to, you know, not be able to get tested when you're convinced you have it and you can't breathe and you're running fever and coughing all day. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, I took, see, I took three days off of work when it all first started to when my wife was like convinced that she had it. Um, I had vacation days, unpaid vacation days because I haven't built up my, my paid time off bank yet because I haven't been there yet. Uh, for long enough. So I took three vacation days off and it got worse. And then I felt it by the end of the three vacation days, I was clearly sick also. So, so, um, we got you, you, they, they, you, you're pretty, cause I, I've heard this, this sort of case and it's something that I've found interesting is that there are a lot of people that are fairly certain that they have it and they can't get a test at all. Did you go to the hospital or anything? Uh, we, neither of us went to the hospital. Um, my wife called, I think it was like March 24th. Just give you a timeline here. Or no, March 21st. Sorry, March 21st. Uh, no, March 24th. That's it, March 24th. Um, it was, um, it was this thing where you call and like we called, it's called a prompt care place first because we didn't know like the path to, to, to progress along. And they told us to call a special hotline that is like a local COVID-19 triage called that they ask for all your symptoms and ask if you're you know over 65 pre-existing conditions if you're not like you're not in like the high risk category maybe it's different now it's been it's been almost a month right yeah but at this time there was no testing you unless you were a critical condition or were already all fucked up from having respiratory issues or if you were you know old fucking dirt like that's those are the only circumstances where you could possibly get tested or a healthcare worker they're 
the priority, which is the right thing to do, obviously, prioritize healthcare yeah. workers because most of us people, obviously, um, it feels like they're I mean, all going to get tested. Oh yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I, I hate man. to say shit like that, but like, if you're a healthcare worker, no. it's, I, I, I like to listen to a podcast where one of the people is married to a healthcare worker and it's just like, I have to make peace with the fact that I'm going to get this. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it's just being realistic, though. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, so, that's, that's grim, obviously, but we're, it's a grim time, and if we're going to fucking do anything about it, then we have to, like, consider, you know, the worst possible outcome of everything, which is how you <laughs> how you reduce damage, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. how did work respond to you? So, you took six days off or three? So, I took three days off, and on the fourth day, which would have been the following Monday... Um, I was like, well, fuck, I can't, I guess I can't go in. Um, so I called in again, but this was just going to be sick days. I was going to start taking sick days because before it was vacation days and I had plenty of those, I got, you know, 12 of those or whatever, but I wasn't worried about those were running out, but then sick days, it becomes this other thing where you got to get a note and all the fucking after three days, you know, you're, you're on, you're on their watch. Basically, they're really paying close attention to you when you don't want that. Right. Um, but they instituted a sort of sick pay sort of thing. Um, they, they're giving, 80 hours, I guess, 80 hours of pay to any individual with it or any individual who has any sick, any sickness, any health issues um, that sort of, you know, uh, intertwine with the possible symptoms of it. So they started being cautious around that. And that was the week of the 27th or something. Yeah, the 30th. That was, so that was when I, I took that day off. I, um, I had to sit three days out not getting paid until my sick pay was activated, which is a weird thing yeah. that they did. Um, <laughs> but after I was out for three days, um, I was like, all right, I'll get paid for the next two. I'll go back Sunday. I go in, uh, I, I work Sunday from 11 to 7 AM. And then I'm, you know, I'm off Friday night, Saturday night. Um, and, um, uh, I went in that following Sunday and I was running like a 99.1 fever. Like they checked, they checked me at the medical and they, you know, they determined that wow. that was, yeah, you should go but, home. But, that's, yeah. like, that's nothing. 99.1 is absolutely nothing, obviously. But So they're taking some precautions with that kind of thing, which is good. But they should, you know, they're not testing everybody. They're not taking it. And they probably wouldn't have even taken my temperature if I hadn't, like, walked in and said, hey, I've been out for this many days because I think I had this thing. Like, they've probably just been like, okay, you can go. Yeah, so yeah. I don't. I mean, they're not going to let you um, off work. They're not going to tell you to go home from work. You know what I mean? Right. Well, <laughs> at that point, definitely not. Um, I, I went back the following week. I went ahead and took a full week off. So it's like, fuck it. Listen, I'm getting paid now. And my wife wanted me to stay home. And we were still both kind of recovering. You know, it's, it does it does a thing to your lungs that you sort of feel for a few weeks afterwards or longer, I guess, depending on how bad you get it. Uh, like permanent damage for some people, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, so I got back to work. And... I've been, I worked with all last week and now they're, so they're offering dust shields for like a, cause they're, they paint, uh, you know, they paint shit that caterpillar yellow, um, in the facility. So they have some, like some sort of breathing protection, but it's really just a, it's a very thin, you know, not even a surgical mask. It's, it works. It doesn't trick. Maybe they're offering those. Um, but since our like equipment, area, uh, our, the crib, we call it the, the area where you go and you talk to the lady and she gives you your gloves or your, your staple gun or whatever you need. 
um, she is actually also sick, and there's nobody filling in for her. So if you want to get something like this, you got to go all the way across this like three mile long facility, <laughs> um, which you know usually you hop on a forklift or whatever, and you go, and it's whatever, it's fine. This thing is there; they are offering cleaning supplies for things like forklifts, and we got the infrared scanning guns, right? Um, but we're not personally assigned any of that equipment. Okay, um, I share a forklift with guys from two other shifts and I, I don't even know their names. I know who they are. I've seen their faces. I've like, said, Hey, how you doing? Is it, is it charged or whatever? I don't know who these guys are. Or, or, like, <laughs> <Is> what <precautions laughs> are. Did you leave me a good battery? <laughs> <laughs> did, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did they leave it on charge friends, though? That, that means we're friends. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it depends. It depends if they charge or not. Um, uh, one guy's really good about it, and like the weekend guy seems to not really give a shit. So but he's working on the weekends. So I, I mean, that's a him. weekend guy. That's how the weekend guys yeah. are. People that work weekends. Yeah. Look, I know a lot of listeners, but probably work weekends. And I'm not saying, but the people that choose to work the weekends freaks to me. Just there were people when I worked <laughs> in a warehouse that did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday as their shift. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is yeah. that your shift? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're not respected by the rest of the people either. Like they're they're clearly like the so actually so that's an interesting point. That that shift that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they work six a.m. to four p.m. They work four tens, right? Which I think you've talked about this in the show before. I don't I don't I don't know about four tens really. I, I, it's all the same when you, when you break it down. I guess mm-hmm. you get one extra night that you can get fucked up. I like four tens. Um, I'm a four tens guy. Yeah, I did it for a really I would long be down, time. But yeah. I um I I think the, the the issue there is that you are trading off the weekend and that's sort of yeah that's when they offer like that but those people um that entire shift which they work in my general area um, in the receiving docks they are were all sent home last week they they have one suspected case not confirmed um and they sent all of them home and they work in the same area I work in. Um, we have one maybe confirmed case maybe two um, that have been sort of spoken about in the shadows over the past week um, that I've had all but confirmed, but no actual announcements. And we're not actually doing announcements at the beginning of the shift now because we're not doing our startup meetings that we normally go in the room, little slideshow, you know? Yeah. So we're not getting the the information pipeline is like completely cut off. Everything is third hand. Um, Like shared equipment stuff. I mean, I I share my like infrared scanner, you know, I scan, I scan hundreds of barcodes a day, right? Yeah. I am vigorously washing that down, like wiping it down with Clorox wipes. And uh, we got some Sam's Club sanitizer. That's like the concentrate. You like fucking take a, a, a teaspoon and fill up the rest with water. And I bought a couple of little spray bottles. Like I'm, I'm doing my best. I, you know, assuming we already had it, which after hearing the timeline of like the way these guys went down, this one guy, the one confirmed case, as far as I know, he's been out for about 20 days and he's been cleared now. He can come back to work. But, like, the timeline of him, 20 days, and I was out 12, 17 days, I think, actually, total, if you count uh, the weekends. Yeah. The timeline really matches up for both of us, so. Yeah, so it's um, being passed yeah, around I, this warehouse, essentially. It's, and like, they, they haven't shut down, like, ice machines and, like, water fountains and stuff yeah. like that, which I use, you know, I, I keep a bottle, I refill it all the time. I've taken to, um, 
to only touching, like you got to lift the lid. It's a big, you know, ice ice machine. It's, it's not one of the ones where you hold it in front and the sensor like drops the ice in. Oh no, scoop, those the scoop hangs on a hook. Well, Bucky, can I tell you something? Having been, a, 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 I'm a restaurant working veteran. Those ice machines <laughs> are filth. They have mold up in the yeah. top, all of them. Every oh, fucking know. last one of those ones has mold in them. I know. <laughs> like, I never worked with one that was clean. Here we go, buddy. So you guys are, you're, is, is, uh, are they taking precautions at least now? Like, are they wiping down the forklifts and shit? Like, I, I would think that you would have to, each time you use equipment, that equipment then goes to a person whose whole job is to clean that equipment. Oh. So, so that like, it's not, that a, would be cool. Yeah. So that, but, but <laughs> that so would be really cool. yeah, that that's what I think that's the process, right? That, that works because you, I, I'm not saying anything about you personally, but you can't tell if you cleaned anything good. You know what I mean? Like, and you're you know not what? going to. You're like, I'm about to get off work. I'll just slap a Clorox wipe across this thing and get out. I'm getting pretty good at it. I've gotten pretty <laughs> thorough. I, like, I, after doing this, you know, I don't know, like, probably about 20 times now. I, I, the time I missed, I was like, wiping everything down like crazy for the week or two before all the craziness started. And people were like, you know, making fun of me or whatever. And then a week later, everybody's, everybody's back and laying down with, with what's going on. I mean, not everybody. There are still people just outright denying it. I mean, not, and, you know, young people too. Like it's, it's a very strange, uh, demographic of people who are just fucking stupid and not actually taking anything seriously. Um, but yeah, I, I have gotten good at washing it down. Um, I, I give it a, a much more thorough cleaning when I get there than I do when I leave, but I do a little bit when I leave. I've been staying a few minutes over, which I would never recommend to anybody. Never stay on the clock over unless you're getting paid by the minute. And I don't yeah. get paid by the minute. So, yeah. but it's for the safety of my, my fellow workers. Right. So that's sort of the important thing right now. Mm. Um, I, uh, yeah, I know they, they're not making the shield, like the dust shield mandatory. Uh, I feel like everybody should be, it should be mandatory to wear a mask. Um, they're not, they're not doing like mandatory cleaning of the, of the trucks. They don't have a guy. Like you said, they don't have a guy there. Who's like, this is whole job. In theory, you would want a professional who knows how to, I mean, not that, you know, most cleaning companies don't, those people aren't like, they're fine. I'm not, I don't <laughs> deal with cleaning companies, but they're, they're not given like, you know, a fucking crazy regimen of like school and training for how to do that stuff. They pick up their experience on the job and even they don't know, you know, it's not like you can fucking, hold a black light over this thing and see if you got COVID on the shit. Like, it's like not a, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, they, 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 they gave us that sick pay policy, which is good. Um, but there's no information and they're not, they're not, there's yeah. not like, uh, there's not like a, the steady flow of, of, um, updates that there should be. And, uh, I, I think they've done that. Like, gave them a grade they might probably get like a c plus or b minus or whatever because of they, they did the sick pay and they're trying to quarantine this one shift but that shift works in the same area as three as three other shifts yeah you know? yeah um and they overlap with them and if you get a quarantine one shift then you should be doing it for all of them because we're all working here we're all sharing equipment i don't mm -hmm. know the, the scanning gun that i used on on, on friday may have been used by one of them on thursday i have no yep. fucking idea as long yeah. as we sign these things out um, 
they they all they're, they're not they're not like in a place where you go and get it and you press a button and you get this one and you know the number you got. We just leave them all over the fucking warehouse. Yeah. You go and you just you you walk around or you drive around your forklift and try to I spy a fucking scanning gun <laughs> so you have one to use. Uh, you've got to go ask like the supervisor and he'll try to get one from another area, which you don't want to ask for that because you don't want to help your fucking supervisor. So you just find the dirtiest one that has the most coronavirus on it, and that's the one you're lucky enough to use today. Like that's sort of it, that we're still in that. It's not changed. And I, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to leave in a half hour, and um, I'm ta- I'm going to take a guess that even though we've quarantined the whole shift, which I heard about just Friday, um, there's not going to be any difference in you know in the precautions taken. Wow. I don't know, man. We got fucking. There's like a turnstiles, right? And it's like closed off. It's like a nice turnstile. Right? You scan your badge. You step in, and the and it turns automatically. You don't have to touch it, but it's a it's a fucking box that people just cough in. Yeah. And then you step in afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> we haven't well, changed any any sort of like any any way to open doors, like you know, hands free sort of thing. Like there's there's just all these different things you put your hands on that everybody else puts their hands on and why can't they just open a door and just have a pay a guy to stand there and like check you know scan you scan your badge they're worried about security that bad and all of this that's fine yeah pay a guy to do it manually absolutely i, Bucky, I don't know I, i'm sorry we got we got a full queue but can you tell people yeah, yeah, where yeah. to find you and your mm-hmm. podcast you know i've oh, been yeah, on yeah. before yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm very underscore tall, underscore man, very tall man on Twitter. Um, I've been, I, <laughs> today is my 10 year Twitterversary, Brian. I don't oh, know if great. you know that. Mm. I posted a, it's a very big day for me. I'm at um, 11. Uh, the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, you just had to fucking one up me then. That's <laughs> fine. That's good. I'll get there, man. I'll get to, I'll, I'll pass you one day. Maybe. Um, yeah, the podcast is Wrestling is Gross. Um, I host that with my friend Siobhan. We uh, talk about death matches, death match wrestling, and other you know wrestling related things. Do interviews with independent wrestlers. Um, the Twitter account for that is at Touching Blood. Um, that's T O U C H I N G Blood B L O O D. That's because sometimes you touch blood and sometimes blood touches you. That's the catchphrase of the show. Um, and we're we're out there. Uh, we got. Our new series coming up. I was actually going to ask if you wanted to be on uh, an upcoming episode. We're doing a complete chronological history of the WWF hardcore title. So that's okay, uh, a lot yeah. of Al Snow matches. Yeah, I can possibly <laughs> do that. Yeah, just get a hold of yeah. me, man. And and good luck at work, buddy. Absolutely, man. Sorry for ranting. I'm uh, no, you're good. going in. It's you're real good. Bad there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good luck. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. No precautions in the warehouses. That's something I've yeah, been thinking about. Not surprising. Like warehouses are like where the worst bosses are. Well, some of the worst bosses. Yeah, I mean it's just an environment where you can tough it out. You know, people just want you to tough it out. Um there's also like It's like a the way you say that is you make sound working at a warehouse like the NFL, and you're a hundred percent right. Like it's not that's not for the workers that are there, it's not like that, but there are some. But like for management at say an Amazon warehouse or something, it really is like tough it out. You know, this yeah. is a tough job. It's hard work and you gotta be able to do it. You yeah. know? Even the grocery store is sending emails now, they're like, We're encouraging our employees to wear PPE. And it's like, I mean, are you doing anything to provide those? 
can they come to work and just get masked up, you know? Yeah. Or are you just encouraging them to bring their own? They are. I think they're just ha- – because a lot of people wearing homemade ones. Yeah. But they did put up plexiglass barriers. Yeah, that is – Which new. is smart. That's – I mean, they're not going to get breathed on at that point. Sure. So I, that's something. I mean, it'll re- yeah, it will reduce some, some of the risk. cough, though, right behind them, you know. I yeah. already had – I've had, like, too, too many experiences at the grocery Bad store. Bad coughs near you? No. It's just – I wear a mask in the grocery store. But, like – um. They changed the store, the Giant Eagle that I shop at. They changed the aisles to one ways so that people aren't congregating yes. for social distancing. And they changed the aisle to one ways. And my uh, style of shopping is just go wherever the fuck I need to go and sure. then like forget something and then go back to the other part and then forget something and go back. But motherfuckers were not following the one ways. They Just weren't. Not. No. No. Yeah, I don't. That's hard to enforce. There's things on the floor that say this aisle goes this way, and then an X on the aisle that you're not supposed to go down in that area. Yeah. Just. No. And, and you know, all of them. The attitude of every single one of them, and this is like the attitude of every person in the world is. Oh, I just got to, like, grab one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not breaking it too hard. Yeah. This is not a problem with, like, white ladies or anything. This is a fucking American person problem that's just like, oh, yeah. They don't mean for me. I've got to go pick something up at the end of that aisle. No, I actually, I know I'm not supposed to. That's (laughs) the thing. I know that, but I made the decision because it's just going to be real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went, they... They wouldn't do it. That's like a my mind thing is like when the worker or somebody that's in charge of something, I'm like, that motherfucker would do it, though, so I can do it. And they know they would do it, but they, they probably wouldn't do it. They'd probably follow the rules. <laughs> you think the employees aren't wouldn't follow it? No, I don't. Th- to tell you the truth, until coronavirus, I would have thought this project the giant eagle one way aisles project would be destined for failure for and and who knows if we get back to a hundred percent like it was before where you can just roll around the grocery store and touch everybody um <laughs> you can't you can't I, do that when we're open no but i'm saying don't that, touch like, nobody you so. didn't have to social when there's not social distancing right. measures this goes they, away. They can't, they will never be able to keep one way aisles. There was a crazy ass market in Dallas called Central Market and it was very expensive, but you were literally corralled through the whole thing. It was one aisle the entire time and it was just a whole maze. You walked through all the produce and on either side was like fruits and vegetables. Then you walked through to bread. Then you walked through to fucking dry goods like. Like an Ikea thing where yes. they tell you where to go? Yes, absolutely. I don't like that. I hate that. That's what bummed me out at Giant Eagle. I was like, this is necessary. It's smart. It's a really good precaution to take. I fucking hate it. When I was at Aldi, it was so funny at Aldi because people were just like trying to squeeze by you. It's like, can you just stop for a second? Like, like a lady at the corner stopped to look at grapes or whatever. And... I'm just sitting there, like, letting her look at the grapes, yeah. you know? And, you know, after 30 seconds of inspecting the grapes, I start to feel a little bit of anger arise inside of me, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. But then it's like different times. We're in different times right now. <laughs> so I'm waiting and this person behind me goes to cut past me, like gets right up so, on me, breathing on my fucking neck. And it's like, please just wait. Please just wait. You, There's me, nothing better to do. You're going to go home and you're going to play a fucking mobile game. You're going to spend $2.99 every 45 minutes on a fucking mobile game. If you just would sit here and wait for a fucking second. I'm going to fucking tell you something, dude. The amount of line cutting. And, and I'm going to talk like I'm from Columbia. The amount of ditching happening right now is just. It's out. It's out of the atmosphere. I, we gotta cut. I got ditched like five times at really? the grocery store because I was social distancing. Oh, people I was would social just social So I got to the place and I needed to get some berries. And I stood six foot back from this woman that was looking at the berries. And then that woman left, and it, I was gonna walk up, and then somebody just fucking ran right in front of me and was looking at the berries. Yeah, and it just it, it it happened in line. It happened in line when I got into the line for the self scan aisle. It fucking happened there. Yeah, just I was social distancing, and somebody was like, "This motherfucker needs to shit or get off the pot." And walked <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> All right, we gotta call us. We gotta get to these calls. I know. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is SC Davis. I'm out in uh, Minnesota right now. All right, how's oh, it going man. in Minnesota? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I haven't heard uh, too many long haul truckers on your show, so I thought I'd call in to give you the hello from the highway out here. You know, yeah, you chasing that is, long white line. This you do have a wow. I want to say that you have one of the safest jobs and your wanderlust is probably being uh, uh, fulfilled. fulfilled. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have to like, I'm sure you have to load and unload. Do you, do you load and unload the truck? No, I, uh, I don't usually, they, um, I, when you do long haul, a lot of the time you just, you know, uh, you mostly just back it up to a dock and then somebody in the warehouse unloads. So what kind of miles um, do you drive? I mean, like what, what is like a route for, I mean, you, you don't have to get super specific, but like what makes you a long haul truck trucker? How, how far do you go? Well, I'm, I'm based out of Winnipeg, Canada, and I, I pretty regularly go down to Florida, California, Fuck. Vancouver, I was in New York uh, last week. So basically, the entire uh, continent north of the uh, north of the Mexican border is uh, is my territory. Wow, wow! That I, I got to tell you, and I this probably is going to sound so dumb to you. That was my like truck driver was my dream job after comedian. Like, I wanted to do this, obviously. Oh, this was yeah. the job I wanted to do. But I really, really also, in my mind, you don't know how many times I called for the information at the truck driving school. Uh -huh. I wanted to be yeah. not just an in-town truck driver. Fuck that. I wanted to be a long-haul trucker. You wanted to be listening to talk radio for 60 hours a week. <laughs> yes! That's exactly it, dude. That's that, all I want. Yeah. <laughs> I could listen to fucking yeah, it, shock jocks all day, and I could just drive these and, and see the country, which I fully realize, like, now, after I've toured, you're not really seeing a whole lot. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, a lot of the a lot of loading docks look about the same whether you're in California or in uh, Minnesota. Or right. You happen to be, you know. And so. you don't get to go to like the but places with the cultural yeah. stuff and so like you don't get to go in the in the, in the like cool neighborhoods, you know. Yeah, you. I mean, you you get to when I was younger. I've been doing this for about twelve years, and when I was younger, I I used to sort of use the job as a means of getting to see the continent you know so i used to i used to make arrangements with my dispatchers and plan my trips so that i could i could stop in cool places and take a day off and have a look uh. around and, and sometimes that just happens just by chance you know like you you end up in you know i remember the first time when i was you know i guess about almost a decade ago the first time i ended up in vegas and i delivered my load and called in and they said oh we don't have any freight so just take the day off and, Hell yeah! Well, I mean, I would have lost two hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have lost my money. Oh, yeah, I, I immediately lost. Uh, I immediately went out and lost a bunch of money. So much fun to lose money. I learned my learned my gambling life thing really quick. I love losing money. Though. I do too. I love. I don't mind losing and gambling because it just adds to the fun for when you win. <laughs> yeah, it just builds up that tension. Yeah. You got to. You- I lost. I lost uh, a few years ago. I think I lost. I think. It, I lost about uh, five hundred bucks on New Year's Eve gambling in, in Vegas, and then and then I realized that I would lost five hundred American dollars, which to me is closer to eight hundred Canadian dollars. And I remember just like that feeling of like, you know, after you walked away from the table and just sort of it's it's, it's about two in the morning, and you're walking down the, <laughs> the garbage-strewn streets of Vegas, and I remember feeling like. This is like you know, like I, I don't know, maybe you guys know what I mean, but there's almost you know, it's not a good feeling, but it's, there's almost a certain romance to that. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like wow, like this is an experience I really had, you know. Yeah, I love doing loser shit. I love doing loser shit. I yeah. mean, there's something about it that's like really is just as invigorating. It's like anybody can have the best time ever, but when you really get down to some dirty dog shit, just. And you you can't get your way out of it. You have to you have to you have to now overcome wasting that much fucking money. Just somehow getting so caught up in it and losing eight hundred fucking yeah. Canadian dollars. I mean, did tell you? Did tell you? Uh, oh. Go ahead, bud. Go ahead, brother. Oh, I was just gonna say, like one of the most vivid tours that I remember that me and Brett have done is the tour that ended in Vegas. Like, I think about it all the time because it was a absolute hell tour. Like, I, 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 I think less about, like, Hellfire, where we had all this fun, and I think so much more about, like, doing 18 people in fucking Albuquerque. <laughs> Somebody just... There's a, uh, there's a, a guy I, I knew years ago, um, uh, he's a chef I met in, in Massachusetts, and he'd been a... He'd actually lost his restaurant gambling. He had such a big gambling problem. <laughs> and uh, I remember him telling me about it, you know, years after it happened. And he was trying to explain it to me. And he said to him, he said, he said, when you really understand gambling like that, he said, like, the losing, that's the high. Yeah. Like, that's that, the intensity of emotion that, you know, goes along with that. It's very difficult to replicate, you <laughs> yeah. know. So he's like, yeah, obviously... Obviously, winning a lot of money would be great, but you said in a way you're almost chasing a similar thing just with the with the potential loss and, and even the the loss itself, like the, 
just feeling that that intensity of emotion, you know. So yeah, you're back. I'm glad I've never been stuck into gambling that hard. You back yourself into a corner is what you're doing. Basically, you've backed yourself into a corner yeah, where you're yeah. like, I have to pull money out of thin air, or I have to somehow make a deal with a fucking bill or something. Now I'm in this situation that I have to solve this problem. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, I mean, again, that's, I, I've been pretty lucky in my life. I haven't actually wasted a shit ton of money gambling. Every, every once in a while I get the bug, but uh, it's not a big thing for me. Yeah, you know? that's good. And out on, you know, out on the, for me, like out on the highway like this, it's sort of like, I treat like I basically only gamble when I'm in, in Reno or Vegas, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you, you've been to those places, like the casinos in my hometown just look stupid. I know. I know. I went to Hollywood casino in Columbus after me and Brett got back from Vegas and I fucking was like, this is not the same thing. Rinky dink. Well, it's not even the rinky dinkness <laughs> of it. It's just, it's more depressing than Ve- Vegas is a fucking really depressing place but vegas everybody has their nicest shoes on and they're pretending to have fun yeah like everybody in vegas is like this is fucking great i'm in vegas you know it's a legendary weekend and everybody at the hollywood casino in columbus is like fucking another friday at the hollywood casino and staring lifelessly into the vlt yeah yeah it's really sad there i like i i mean i hated vegas so much but yeah that tour is one of my my like it's a real touchstone for me it was really really i think it was really important for me to be on to do that tour and i think it made the next one so much better like because remember we did that tour and then we did fucking uh, the Northeast. Yeah. And it was like, okay, okay, we're back, you yeah. know, but, but yeah, that part of the country is a wild place to drive through. Like y- you get to a lot. Do you get to a lot of places where like what we noticed driving through like New Mexico and Arizona is you sometimes will drive like 30 or 40, 30 or 60 miles without seeing a gas station or anything. <laughs> and that's kind of terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you if you're if you're up further north, I mean there are there are places where where you can you can go go more than an hour without a gas stop on some of those. You know, if you ever take the I eighty, you know, or the I ninety up through Montana, you know, like it, it gets pretty bleak for a while up there. I I kind of like that. I mean, my my truck has a, um, a thousand liter uh, fuel tank, so I can drive for about two days without stopping for fuel. So wow. I don't yeah. worry about that part of it. It would be me. Like when you're out in Montana, I mean, Montana is me. I want to, I want to do a show in Montana because I look at it as like a really romanticized. I think that place seems so romantic to me in a weird way. Just like these weird. Montana's great. It's it's a beautiful place and it's got some really. Kind of interesting culture. I mean, everyone knows that there's a lot of you know, like uh, rednecks and and whatnot out there. But it's 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 kind of a more complex culture than more than than most people realize. I met some some really interesting folks out in Montana. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, and feel free to call back anytime. I could talk about truck driving any day, any fucking day. Hey, I'll I'll make a point of calling in again. Great to talk to you guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. 
Yeah, just that tour was miserable, right? I had somebody that wrote in to the Street Fight page. They were one of the 13 people that attended the Las Vegas show. A boyfriend brought them to the show, and they loved it. They loved it. We made a new fan. We, a, we probably we, don't make a new fan at shows with 200 people at. I know. I you couldn't know? believe it. I really felt like that tour was important. I really did. It Because that green chili was so good. Well, that was good. But it was it humbling. That tour was very humbling. We had done, I think before that tour, the last tour was fucking the West Coast. Yeah. Which is like gangbusters. And then we fucking did. I thought we could go anywhere. Yeah. we. That was when we were like, we can fucking go anywhere. Get a big crowd. And we went to fucking four places. We went to Denver. Denver kicked us in the nuts. Denver really kicked us in the fucking nuts. You'd have thought coronavirus was happening in Denver when we were out there. So once Denver kicked us in the nuts, the whole rest of the tour was definitely just going to be repeated nut kicks. (laughs) All right, let's go. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey there, Kiara. Oh, hey, hey Kiara. How's, how's it going? I'm hanging in there. How about you guys? Doing well. We're okay. We're uh, we're almost off work. You know, we got about 37 minutes left on the clock, so... That's a good feeling, <laughs> nice. I guess. Counting down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go home and finally watch Empire Strikes Back. I've been fucking waiting forever, and now's my chance, because my wife will not let me watch it. That's terrible. Uh, you know, she don't... That's she, cool. Listen, when my wife got with me, I was fucking cool, and uh, that's why I don't think she should be able to yell at me for, like, corn decorations in the house. Because it's like, that's who the fuck you married. But my wife believes that we have transcended that part of our life, right? I feel, no, it's always in you. It's fucking always in you. That, that, whatever we are, suburban, idiot, redneck, like, dudes, it's like, I think it's always in you. It just okay. is. So that's so. What's up? It's natural. Uh, I mean, PR? I got my ninja sex party poster on my side of the room, and boyfriend's got his, you know, geeky other Magic the Gathering stuff on his side of the room, <laughs> and we just keep it separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's neat when you're like dating. Like, I, I think one of the things about being my wife that I really like is that we don't watch the same shit. Like, I, I think like, I, I like. Like, I feel like I get a lot out of knowing the things that she's into, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. she doesn't like most of what I like, you know? Yeah, well, we've always I mean, we've always said that if you got a joint Facebook account with your wife, you're corny. Like, you need to give up. Like, this shit's over. (laughs) Like, and if like your Facebook picture is like your kid. Like, you need to have your own life, like your own things, like, regardless of whether your family, what they think about Metallica. It doesn't fucking matter. Also, I'll it. say this. I, I mean, and you might agree with me, Kiara, is that, like, like um, the number one most important thing in a relationship is not that we like the same movies and music. You know, like, a lot of people put so much emphasis on... Okay, well, you know, we we watch movies. We we like all the same movies and all the. I have to make sure that my my wife or my partner 
is like me when it comes to entertainment. And for me and my wife, we've we've kind of felt like, you know, it's really cool when stuff crosses over and we like it. But that's like not the only part of our relationship is not our relationship is about a lot more than watching TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. It better be. <laughs> yeah. Or Magic the Gathering, you know, like it, or, or, or anything. So well, uh, I mean, he's gotten me into a lot of stuff, you guys included, but like a lot of stuff he showed me, I'm like, that's not for me. And we're like, all right, whatever, it's fine. But being a, poly helps because like he has another partner and I have another partner. So if I don't enjoy it with him, maybe I'll enjoy it with my other partner. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I would never enjoy. I, I, I mean, my wife is so mad, but Brett's wife is mad too. Cause we're listening to metal. Oh yeah. Like just, they're just so annoyed. They're like fucking, you know, you're an artist and you can be any type of person you want. And you've decided you're two white guys from the Midwest that listen to trashy heavy metal. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been, I've been guilt tripping my wife like crazy where I'm like, you know what? Like we listen to Joanna Newsom in the car and we listen to Lana Del Rey and we listen to bikini kill and all this stuff. Like, why can't we listen to obituary? Because that's the kind of stuff that I'm into. That's what I like. I'm really into exploring, you know, grindcore from the '80s. So that's to me is the same as listening to like Sudan Archives. True. Yeah, like I know he doesn't really like all of Ninja Sex Party, but he'll listen to one or two. And you know, I like I like most of what he likes. You know, mostly punk, Dropkick, and stuff. And He'll be like, I listen to your MST all the time. Well, you just listen to this one song. I'm like, fine, you know I'm going to like it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, I mean. arguing to be argumentative. Our music problem, my wife and I's music problems at a fever pitch right now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. She does not want to listen to fucking Danzig, dude. Ah. Uh. She doesn't, my wife is not a fan of Master of Puppets. And she's not a fan of, like, Corn, which I listened, was listening to a lot of the new Corn album for a period of time. She's just like, what happened to Brian that liked, like, Kurt Vile? And, like, uh, 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 you know, she, she really likes that garage rock, that, yeah. that period of garage rock that I was really into. Or what happened to Brian that likes the strokes and like, okay, computer. And I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> he's, dead. he's dead, man. There's he's no more. He said it was always in you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, my taste is very fucked up because like, uh, I die every six months. Yeah. Basically my, with, with my pop culture taste. I like the, whatever I am right now, in six months, I will disavow. Probably two months. Yeah, I will disavow it and say it's the worst thing I've ever been in, in, into in my life. And I only like whatever I'm into at that moment. Yeah, that's how I. I can't. That's be how you operate. Way. Yeah, yeah. It makes people nuts, though. It's wonderful. The people in my life just so frustrated with me all the time for that one personality trait. Yep. <laughs> so what's up tonight? Uh, a couple things. Uh, first of all, that place that I was bitching about, uh, OnlyFans, they switched up their terms of service without letting anyone know. And I was talking about this on the Discord, so a lot of people probably heard it. But basically, they said now 
uh, anything you post on there, you own the rights to, but they're allowed to use it, and their successors are allowed to use it and redistribute it and blah, blah, blah. Basically, they'll resell it if they want to, and they'll keep it forever. Yeah, but, possibly. I, I saw that somebody speculated they were would probably use it for advertisements in some sort of way, where they could just scrape your video and put it out there to to like try to you know get someone to join up. You know, I what I think also is that they're they're they are gonna eventually like run a premium service, like a more premium level, where like uh. uh where like you just not a premium they'll run a site where where they use all that stuff they use all these people's stuff as samples like two minute two minute sample videos like they do on like all the other porn sites yeah. you know and uh people will just go and watch that right. feed and not actually pay people and they won't be able to get paid that's what i think they'll do yeah that's exactly what I was afraid of. Like, that gives them blanket rights to do that, to just be like, well, it was posted on OnlyFans, and I own OnlyFans, so I'm going to post it somewhere else and not have to pay the model that made it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit, there's gum on my Yeah, plate. so that was yeah, pissing yeah, me off. So yeah. I started to go and delete everything from oh, OnlyFans. Shit. <laughs> and you're only, you're only allowed to delete 20% of your content every day. Weird. Which means that I can't ever delete it all. They want the best stuff. That's the thing. Well, they want, uh, they're claiming that it's because uh, you have paying customers and you can't take away, you know, the paying customers stuff that they paid for. But I have a free account and they're not letting me delete that either. Jesus Christ. This, it's, so I would have to delete feel, the entire account. OnlyFans feels like it's going to. OnlyFans feels like the only direction it can go is Patreon direction, where it's like they just decide to do weird things and then they do it and there's nothing you can do about it. And also when a company says they can use their shit, your shit in, in advertising or anything like that, uh, that's, I mean, they're, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, they're, it's going to be OnlyFans. You know, hopefully this doesn't happen. I don't want to like bum you out or anything, but it sounds like OnlyFans is going to turn into like a like Pornhub, where it's like, you know, you can subscribe Trash. to, <laughs> yeah, you can subscribe to these people, right? Like you can you can subscribe to somebody, or you can just watch the preview videos on the front page for like two or three minutes. You know what I mean? Get the full length video right. if you subscribe. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, that's right. People are the worst. Well, well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Uh, we got a we got a couple of more people in the queue. Can I bitch about one more thing real quick? Sure, go for it. Super quick. I saw a tweet today from somebody, some some other femdom, and uh, she's in New York City, and it was a video of her walking around with, you know, PPE face mask on, but she was vaping. She had cut a hole in her face <laughs> mask so that she could vape. Right. I think we're all going to die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know. I mean, the you know, the thing about it is that we just got to let the other people do their thing. And when we have our own best practices and we're doing all the heavy lifting for the, for those people. Oh, it's awful though. <laughs> 
Thanks for letting me complain. Thank, yeah, thanks hey, for no coming problem. on. Thanks for calling. And we follow, really appreciate it. Follow uh, Kiara uh, on Twitter at hypnofemdom. I was able to get in on a uh, ball busting retweet last night. Oh, really? Oh, you were? You got Lucian's ball busting? I love you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You comment on the comment on the tweet, and uh, this dude gets hit in the balls with a ruler. Okay, <laughs> so you get to like comment. you get to chip in on the punishment. Oh, oh, that sounds <laughs> so much punishing. Yeah, thanks for thanks for calling. Yeah, have a good night. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. When I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, punish that dude's balls." Why? What can yeah. I? All I have to do is comment. Yeah, get out there and punish them fucking balls. Do one for me. Balls. Like like a pencil fight. The fucking yeah, it should be like a uh the the rubber band move where two wrapped around two fingers and you just come up and whop. You know what I saw? I'm sure they do that. You know what I saw was really fun on Facebook today? Mm -hmm. Somebody did a Facebook live video. And they were putting rubber bands around a half gallon of milk, and they were having people bet on how many rubber bands it would take to explode oh, the gallon of milk. God, I would have watched that until it exploded. <laughs> I, I, I only got 14 minutes in, and then I... 14 minutes is a, an incredible They were up to a couple hundred rubber bands at that yeah. point. And it looked like it was about to go. You always thought it was about to explode. <laughs> Every time you put one on there, you were just like, all right, up next. This thing is... He's that, gonna be covered. That should be what the sports books are doing. Yes, <laughs> we but could you, do that. You, uh, we could make action for stuff like that. Well, I mean, but we would gotta get cut in. Uh, yeah, that's the only reason to do gambling. <laughs> we want to be on this. We want to be on the house side. We're the house. Yeah. Let's find things to gamble on, uh, so that Street Fight can make money on gambling during this quarantine. And thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Thanks for calling in. Who is this? Oh, did I click wrong? Me click hey. hey, what's, what's up? up? This is Mikey in Olympia. What's up, Mikey? How's, How's it going? going Love your legendary city. Some of the best music ever created. Any metal bands? <laughs> yeah, I don't know any about that shit. I'm real <laughs> pissed off today. Okay. You know why? Yes. There's a 2,500 small business tyrant rally in the capital. Of our shit ass small town. This twenty five hundred. This is cock brothers shit, man. This is so astroturf. <laughs> that Huntington Beach picture that they took, those signs were not. Those were professionally made. Like somebody got those printed up at Kinkos and they handed them out. That was there was the same handwriting on all of those things on all of those signs. It's astroturf by small business people. That's yeah. what it is. Those people are psychos, and you know what? They always win. That's the thing that makes me fucking nuts, you know? It's like it's like the tea party actually worked, you know? Yeah. They they took the house away and they're go- and they're going to open everything up. I saw a motherfucking guy holding the sign uh out in Columbus. I I walked by the protest. Guy holding the sign that said, "What's the big deal? Only 1 in 12 dies." Oof. And it's like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, God it's like damn, that's a man. fucking number. I die. 
Yeah, that's some fucking number, dude. I don't. I wouldn't gamble that number. I it's, don't want to play the one in twelve game. Yeah, and if you you have nobody in your life, you don't know a dozen people, so it doesn't <laughs> seem like anything to you. But I have a lot of folks where I don't want to play those type of odds. Yeah, one in twelve. Like using that as his his fucking. That's the statement he wants. To the write. one weird. The weird one. I can't make any sense of. And this does feel like a, some sort of disinformation campaign or some sort of. Uh, some sort of like break in reality is the the person that was in a mask and like a full hazmat suit that said COVID is a hoax. Did you see that person? Yeah, they're made. What they're, was that? What they're saying? Is, you think they're doing it ironically or as a farce? They're being smart, Alex. Okay, about it. Okay, like they're being co- conceptual artists. Got it. You know okay. what I'm saying? I did see a guy though. Re- Real quick, I did see a counter protester to the protesters, and uh, he was just like this fucking 50 year old guy, right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's like kind of a hippie, and he was standing across the street with a sign that says, Humans are the virus. Oh, fun. <laughs> and I was like, Well, this is an interesting so, so couple of people. What's going on in Olympia? I'm a fucking dishwasher, so I'm enjoying my $241 of unemployment. I fucking love unemployment. I want to keep collecting unemployment forever. Yeah. I can't wait until I get my extra $600 a week for the CARES Act, getting me $841 a week. Oh. I usually make like 350 a week. Yeah, you're going to be living so, large. I'm sure I'm making people very mad. Just a, like a dipshit like me. You deserve it. Benefiting from this. No, you crisis. deserve every single goddamn dollar. No, a dishwasher definitely. <laughs> that job is... that uh, Dishwashing jobs is like... That's a, a fucking solidarity, man. I, it's I hell. I the same thing, man. It's I, fucking I, hell. I worked, I, I, I was a dishwasher at a restaurant. The last job I did before Street Fight, before Lyft and Street Fight, was, uh, I was a, it, I was a dishwasher and you deserve, you deserve a thousand dollars a week to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> I think I deserve 1500 actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm with you. yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, dude. advocate for yourself. Well, we, we got a full queue, man. Thank you for calling in. It's good to hear righteous anger. Later. Later. Can I, I'm the, I, I'm the, the Kevin Nash fan who called there. Can I give my shout out before I leave? Yeah, do yeah, anything for Kevin Nash fans. My shout out is look up Samoa Joe, uh, gets, uh, fan throws toilet paper at Samoa Joe. Okay. Like a video where a fan throws toilet paper at Samoa Joe and, the rest of the fa- like he tries to run away, but the rest of the fans prevent him from leaving. A security guard like picks him up like a baby and swallows him away. Dope <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I cool. can't wait to see it. Thanks for calling, uh, Brad. I got some bad news for you. Oh god damn it! No metal bands in uh, from Olympia, Washington. So not the best metal city. I didn't say it was the best metal city. or the best music city. It's not great music. What's well, great? But you know, there's I'm I'm not seeing any like hard rock guys on here either. Like there isn't even like a Hollywood undead or a star set for really. Yeah. I'm looking no, at all hit bands. No, wasn't like uh that's where, uh, Oh, I, I don't know. Never mind. I maybe got it wrong. I thought this that our band could be your life. Like fucking, um, those. Yeah. Olympia is the cooler. Seattle is cooler than Seattle. 
Right, but people they, that, that's what I'm saying is there's no metal bands from there. Oh, metal does. Yeah, I mean, there's cool Olympia bands. Olympia has there. a lot of great music. It has a lot of cool hit music, but it doesn't have any uncool music, which is what I was trying to say. Got it. Like it, like like the kind that you know we love here, you know, like Puddle of Mud. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't like Puddle of Mud. You don't like them. I don't speak for the thing. All right, let's see who we got. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? This is an anonymous call. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. Just be international. I say when it's anonymous and it takes this long to answer, you automatically hang up. Hello. Sorry. Hello. Sorry, guys. Hey, who's this? Hello? Yeah, where are you? Matt. I'm calling from uh, I'm calling from France. I didn't hear the beep. Oh, uh, thank oh. you. I knew the, that's you 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 answered my prayer. You answered my prayer. You're an anonymous <laughs> caller. You're not a racist. You're just an international listener. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh so yeah. Hope y'all uh, it sounds like y'all are doing good tonight. So, the, um I was just calling I was just calling in to, um, to bitch about work, really. Uh, yeah. I work at, um, a uni, I work at a university over here in France. And, um, the, yeah, I've been listening to a couple of the call in shows now and haven't called in to talk about it. But I know a lot of grad students and stuff listen to the show, people at, around universities. And it's, um, shit's like blowing up around all the, grad students and who has jobs for how long and um yeah <laughs> so how does the i mean how so uh, sorry we're um stupid pig-headed americans as you know uh how does how does yeah. your yeah. like college yeah. system work over there like you what do you what do you call it do you call it like uni or like i know you, what do you call what's the slang for college in uni? france is it uni yeah no it um no, no, no. So I'm from, I'm from the States and I, I had, I came over here to work, um, in France because it was the, the only place I could get a job at, <laughs> uni, at, at uni. I, uh, <laughs> I uni. mean, you know what? I, I have to feel like you kind of narrowed down your, your expectations because how is, is France <laughs> the only place you could find a job? <laughs> no, no. Okay. 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 So this goes back to, this goes back to university going ape shit right now is that, um, so I work in a business school and the, what's been really interesting about all this kind of shit hitting the fan with coronavirus and stuff is that all the business schools, like not just, not just in France, but in the States as well are just going ape shit trying to deal with it, you know? Right. Because it, it throws everything out. Any fucking class you take across the board, it, you know, it has to deal with the realities around you. And um, things aren't looking so great. <laughs> so it's a, it, but it's, yeah. It's my, so, is, my larger point is that it could, it could be, yeah. Is, is it, is it Sorry, state funded over there? Yeah, yeah. So that's why... Um, for me to get a job, it was easier for me to get a job in a business school that's not in the U.S. than and France. A job came up here uh, because the stuff that I teach is slightly anti-capitalist. It's anti-capitalist for American business schools. Let's put it that way. Okay, they're not all built the same. But so, so there's more. Uh, 
there's more people over here, you know, fucking France, you know. Yeah, they hate Americans. And communists everywhere. You're like a you're, you're <laughs> no, a token American them, that they bring in, a foreigner <laughs> that they bring in to yeah. tell you like, oh, yeah. it's terrible no. over there. You wouldn't believe what capitalism has wrought in oh. America. <laughs> I, I I spit I on this American Jesus. American <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah! I Powerful, mean, I love what, that. Wait, what do you say? So I played the American card, and it's like you, it is badass. To yeah, be like, you, hey, you know, America sucks. I'm from there. I know it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's actually it's actually different because so much. Uh, it's hard. It's a perspective change, right? Look at all the bullshit that we pump out all the fucking time. Yeah, it's and when that's all that you take in is like the reality TV version of America. Uh, I can fill a niche being over here and being like, no, actually, this is fucking bullshit. And, you know, like, um, you guys are always talking about, um, well, not always talking, you know what I mean. Uh, you guys talk about, like, metrics at work and how, uh, how people get fucked over by that stuff, right? As soon as you start, like, counting, oh, how many hours am I on break? Oh, I get a 15-minute break. Oh, you're not, you're not adding value to us right now. All that shit, I can critique it over here in in school and in my class but in the states you can't fucking do that man if you're not pumping out profit in the business school or preaching that message you ain't got shit that's interesting finding a job is going to be hard so i mean in a way you're kind of able uh you're just able to advocate for like quality of life in a way that isn't yeah yeah isn't maximizing efficiency fuck yeah yeah so like i'll do a um i'll do a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll do a lesson over here and I'll have to talk like um, uh, sometimes they give these little like case study things where you know are we going to shut down the warehouse or do we keep it open right and when I learned that shit in back in Texas you know it's it's just it's purely bottom line right you know am I going to make money or do I just need to fire all the people right but in France because of the labor laws and shit you actually have to start like taking into account, well, shit, I have a, a, a contract with the labor union where I can't fire this many people, or, you know, if I lay off all these people, I have to pay this much. And I'm not saying that's perfect because fucking France is full of its own problems. I'm by no means trying to, you know, give it a pass, but it's different. And, you know, yeah, no, that makes sense. It, 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 I mean, it it, yeah, yeah. it, it, it just creates more. It creates more, more problems for. It creates more problems, unique problems for the people in charge. But it at least acknowledges like the total relationship that they have with the world. Like once you're employing people, and once you are providing them with the kind of with the kind of uh, career or job that is going to allow them to have housing and food and all this, these other things you have, you have to acknowledge, you know, what, what you're actually doing. You can't just pretend like we're all, uh, we're all just pieces of a computer that can be plugged in, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's how simple it is. Yeah. That's yeah. That's great. Get to yeah. the fucking tea, man. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Great great to talk to y'all. Love the show. Uh, keep killing it. Thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything? Uh, no, nah, well, I just use it all for work. It's all good, man. Hey, um, send me a I ma- am a fan. And fucking, fucking please keep pumping out content on Patreon because uh, I love 
sitting down to watch uh, Shark the Shark Tank <laughs> and shit. Hey, oh, shit, hey, man. Send me a message on Patreon with your info. I, I want to send you a shirt. I want to. I want to have a gumball shirt walking around the streets of Paris. For I nah. I I'll, I'll send you a message on Patreon. But I just got my gumball shirt in my care package from my parents. We got held up in quarantine. <laughs> well, I've got some others I can send to you. Just send me a message. I appreciate yeah, man, the call in. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Have a good night, y'all. You know what's funny? That guy sounded French as fuck. I know. You, he sounded I, like a goddamn frog to me. Like he, he, Jesus, he, this motherfucker. Oh, is that a slur? Is yeah, that a slur? I think it probably is. No, I don't know. that's from like that's from Looney Tunes. Okay, well you say it. I'm not saying it. That motherfucker <laughs> sounded French as hell. He said he was American. I was like, are you sure? Yeah. No, I knew it. You pick American. it up though. Perfect, I moved perfect English. I moved to Texas and I talk like him. You did actually. It happens. I said the F word. I'm, I apologize for saying the F word. I don't word. know if it's problematic. Oh, who cares? What? Who could ever I, be offended for being called froggy? Um, well, people that have been called it for their entire <laughs> lives by a bunch of fucking disgusting redneck Americans. Well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I kind of, I feel like, I feel like France versus America is like a Boston Yankees situation where both sides are horrible. And I just happen to be born on one side of it. So... You know, it's like, you know, fuck the French forever. They think they're better than us, right? That's why I like them, though. Yeah, they are better than us. They're I think they're like actually better than us. better than us. Yeah. They're, they're racist like in a different way, every too. Way. But they're racist in a different way. Sure. But they're better than us in almost every way. Other than racism. No, they're pretty good at racism. They're really no, good at I'm racism. Saying. Yeah. They got racism there. They're great at you it. You know, we got it here. So that's kind of a fucking wash. I'm going to bring my big ass American Uzi out. We got nine. Just fired in the air. We got nine minutes. That's not enough for, to get these calls well, in. There's no one jump, jump in. Ins. There's one jump in. Uh, no I'll jump drop them. No jump ins. Just take the calls we got. Okay. I got Empire Strikes Back to watch. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. This is uh, Danny in Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Danny? How's it going tonight? Uh, it's pretty good. I just got off working as a, um, well, I'm not going to say the company specifically, but I, I work for one of the apps doing food delivery. Oh, how's that going? That gotta be the busiest thing in the world, right? Like, are you as, are you, I hate to say this because like, it's going to make it, I don't know what it sounds like. Are you like making a lot more now than you do when we're not in lockdown? It's actually really hard to say exactly how much or little, you know, um, I'm making because I actually did this app in the past. And since then, I've actually become like a full-time bike messenger. But the company that I work for, uh, like all the, you know, the, all the jobs dried up. So I had to switch back over to doing this. And they actually redid the app in such a way that it's more front-facing with tipping. So I actually do, I've been making about $600 a week. Yeah. Um, just doing deliveries. And I, you have to be like really good at timing. Like if you just turn the app on all day, you'll lose money because you'll just be waiting around. But if you can just sort of like bust out, you know, 12 to 15 orders between 5 to 10 p.m., you can make like, you know, sometimes 20, 30, $35 an hour. But it, it really depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking, me and my wife were, like, sort of thinking about this today because I have also, like, 
on any of the apps that's like super that ask you for a tip, they like they added a 30% one recently and I hit that one every time. Whatever percentage they'll go up to, I hit on those things in these times because like I just think it's amazing. I mean, I, I mean, it sucks. It's like hell times or whatever, but like these people are really working hard and like uh, they're putting themselves on the line to like make sure I can eat Shake Shack. Shake Shack is the worst place to pick up food from in New York City through this app. They always forget stuff, and all the customers just get pissed and try to call you, and I never answer the phone uh, because it's just like uh, it's like, and I don't blame the Shake Shack employees because it's like obviously they're dealing with like so much shit all at once. But I just I can like I can see an order, and I'll like. I can feel the bag if it's light, and I'm just like, I can't even open this. This is like stapled shut. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not investigating. I'm just going on my way. And if I get a call from a 415 number, which is like what all the numbers are rerouted through, I just don't answer it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love Shake Shack, though. I mean, that's just my. I I don't know why, but now you're making me second guess ordering from there. But maybe it's just in New York. Yeah, the one here is well, fine. I haven't had one in a while. I usually, I usually get them on the road. Only thing I would advocate for is if you're um, picking up delivery from uh, Shake Shack or any kind of app situation, just don't order a milkshake or a root beer float because it's an incredibly difficult thing to transport on a bicycle specifically. Oh. And it's, I don't know, it's just like, or a margarita. We get people ordering margaritas <laughs> from places, and some places are, like, nice enough to, like, saran wrap the shit out of them. But, like, I mean, it, you're, it, you really just have, like, I'm pretty good on a bicycle, and I'm pretty conscientious, but, like, you got to be, it's like, you know, if whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I There has to be some sort of, like, online town hall about what exactly we're going to be <laughs> spending our time doing because a person riding a bicycle to deliver to deliver a margarita is not essential to me i ordered a milk you ordered a dairy thing, queen blizzard said, no a mcflurry <laughs> a mcflurry a but uh as soon as he said just don't order a milkshake i was like there is a milkshake cup in the car that i drank on the way here from my house do you have it delivered with my other food, yeah, cheeseburger, French fries, milkshake, <laughs> like the classic American meal, smoke shack, double smoke shack, fr- cheese fries, oh, yeah. and uh, cookies and cream vanilla milkshake. <laughs> I added a flavor to it. You make fun of me for vanilla. You yeah, know? cookies and cream is a flavor. Yeah, there is no delivery. There, there's not a lot of bike delivery in Columbus. No, so. yeah, they don't do bike. They, delivery this either. shit came in a Corolla that slapped together. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Ford Focus. See, I'm not, that's not that's not surprising, just because I mean, New York City, for better or for worse, it's it's very much you know the people who do the apps here. You can kind of make a living doing it, just because the population, you know, between any given time is like you know eight to ten million. So there's there's no so like sort of oversaturation in the messenger market. There's always kind of advantages to doing jobs. So I mean, you can you can cruise around on an electric bike, and you know if you do it for a long time, you can. I mean, you can make money, and and right now it's kind of a you know un, a weird circumstance. But uh, 
it's uh yeah electric bikes are booming the last time i was there i was astonished it's like every delivery driver was on an electric bike like the and and not get sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say if i could be real i uh like i i ride a regular bicycle and like Okay, so it's like, you know how, like, people will say, like, in like, sports and, like, basketball, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, they have, like, really high bi- uh, basketball IQ, which just means they're kind of, like, a smart player and, like, they know how to handle the ball and what have you. Sure. Uh, generally speaking, all the electric bike guys, like, do re- just, like, really dangerous shit. Like, they'll, they go, and, like, and this is coming from a person who, like, definitely has gone the wrong way on the road. But, um, you know, and, you know, like all the kind of weird shit, but like they throw, they, they fucking like throw those things into the ground. Like they truly just grind the shit out of them. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're real intense with it, but also like, I get it. I mean, they, they just, they go ball to the wall all the time. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And and it's somebody that doesn't want to ride a bike all day, but can, I mean, I, I ride an electric bike. And it, yeah, it, he's so not careful. He's the worst. But it, I'm you know, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I have spun out in the middle of the road before. Well, you're not. Remember, Brett one time tried to put a uh, uh, strap, a six pack of beer to the back of his bike. And fucking then he uh, night before tour too. we had to leave. He fucking the beer fell off. He rode over the glass. And then uh, uh, locked it to a stop sign and just like went took on a tour. Sco- I took a scooter home. He took a scooter home and went on tour. <laughs> so I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Um, it yeah, but- so it's not you. Don't you don't think it's more busy now than it was before? It's definitely here. It is. I think, I think it's busy. Uh, it might be a tiny bit busier than normal. Uh, I mean, more than anything, New York is just very empty. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the streets are, uh, pretty, pretty barren most of the time. The weirdest thing actually is probably this phenomenon you, you've probably heard about, uh, which is at seven o'clock every day, uh, where people start clapping for the essential workers. Cause that's like a, that's like a real thing. And I've, you know, you know, I'll be, that's like, you know, the evening when people are eating and I'll be out delivering and I'll be like listening to like your podcast or, you know, something else. And then I'll hear in the distance sort of like, you know, pot clanging or clapping. And I like- I've been in like Chelsea, Flatbush, like Williamsburg. And I've, I've heard it happening like multiple times. And I, I have mixed feelings about it, but like, I think people like people's hearts are in the right place, but like I could, I could be done with it. <laughs> Really? I don't know. Yeah, we're not having that happen here. So, like, that's kind of me wishing I lived in, like, a a, a New York City. But also, that also, it's a a tradition that's born out of a crisis. So, I don't know. I I think that that kind of human behavior always warms my heart or makes me feel better. When I saw the people in New York, or I'm sorry, when I saw the people in Italy uh, singing on their balcony the first time, I mean... It, it maybe it's corny or cringe now, but I really did a, sure, like sure. A, appreciate the way that like people do come together spontaneously, uh, you know, just to get wrapped up in a round of applause out of nowhere with no explanation. And there doesn't need to be any sort of like understanding or 
or you don't have to break down why why it's happening, but you know, people are doing this at seven o'clock at night and you know, putting this message out there of appreciation. I think it's 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 a necessary requirement in like the world that we're in right now. Yeah, I mean it takes on an interesting thing with New York because actually it's a good example. Like just today, like I was delivering something uh, near Bedside and I probably saw like this God, she was so old. Just like this, like maybe eighty-five or ninety-year-old, like African American lady, clearly lived in Bedsty like her entire life, and she was out on the on the porch clapping. And I was like, "Oh, that means a lot to me." Um, it's weirder when you're like near a high rise in like Chelsea, and you see somebody like way, 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 way up there, and it's like I know for a fact that that apartment costs, oh, you know, like right. eight thousand dollars a month or something like that. So. Um, it's kind of, it's that, that's a little bit weird. And like Williamsburg can be strange about it too, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's also just people coping with it. Um, also I know you guys have to leave soon and I just wanted to say real fast to, to Brian that I've actually done the great saunter and, uh, oh. I heard you talking about that. Braggy, we Braggy. Were gonna do it. We were going to do it. We signed up year. for it. Yeah. We were already we're members. We're shore walkers members. Oh. It did, actually, oh, look, I'm not going to misconstrue it. I only did two thirds of it, which mm. is like 23 miles. And honestly, it's, it's 36 miles. You have to go all the way in the financial district up to Inwood on the very tippy nice. top of Manhattan and back down. And like, I, I mean, like I'm a pretty fit person. I like ride a bicycle, like 50 miles, 50 miles most days. But I, I'm not exaggerating when I say when I got to like 122nd street on the east side, I, I could barely move my leg. How many like steps? How many steps? So Do you know? Do you know how many steps you quit at? Oh, I mean, it had to be like, what, like 30,000? See, like. I did 32,000 today. <laughs> like, just for fun. That's easy. That's insane. The funny thing about it. I did it, um, earlier this week, last Tuesday. And yeah, last Tuesday I walked forty five thousand two hundred and six steps, <laughs> and I'm not tired at all. I could just fucking keep going. I walked forty thousand yesterday when I came over here. Did I look like I was suffering at all? No. You yeah. know what? You know what's funny is that I have like a boil growing on my ass. I have like some sort of bed sores or saddle Ooh. sores <laughs> because, like, dude, I I can do a bunch of pull ups. I can do squats. I can do all this stuff. I do not have, I have not walked more than a mile in the last month at all. I've mostly sat on my ass. Like I can do some amazing athletic stretches and all kinds of push Spider-Man pushups and shit, but walking for 10 miles would break my fucking leg open. Oh, well, you know, I do that. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I try to keep it a 40,000 step day is very satisfying to me. But generally, you're going to be between twenty five and thirty five thousand for me. That's painful. Yeah, I, I want to run. I, I really want to fucking lot. run. I think I can do it. I just think it would be no problem for me. Oh yeah, you could absolutely do it. It's the the one thing I would say about it is like you you actually do get to see some very interesting parts of Manhattan. You know, Inwood, which is like way 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 on the top of Manhattan. That's like by 230th Street, which is, you know, pretty much like right across the river from the Bronx. You can see like the weird parts of New Jersey where it's like not Jersey City. And, you know, it's kind of like 
Morrissey. Um, also, like, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this at this point, but, like, I found that my body actually was responding to the, that amount of walking in, like, a weird way. Like, I, and I, like, I don't mean to be gross or anything, but, like, around, like, 100th Street on, like, near Harlem, like, I had to use, I had to go to the bathroom, like, really, really bad. And I think it was just sort of, like, like my GI tract is being like, oh, I, I see you're doing, like, a, a weird thing. Um, I'm going to make you have diarrhea now. This, and it was, like, a real, like, close call situation. It's just called because a, I had, like, walked, like, 10 miles at that point. Runner's trots. That's called runner's trots. Yeah, something like that. It, yeah, you just like all of a sudden have to evacuate your bowels in like some some yard <laughs> while you're doing a run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a real trip though, and um, also it, even when my legs were just like basically I like couldn't bend them and was just giving out. There were like you know these like ancient old Upper East Side like you know Jewish ladies just like you know you know trotting right past me and i'm like damn you can really be fit in different ways like absolutely like, you can't just you can't just like ride a bicycle like it's actually a very lazy sport about it well, but uh yeah. yeah i mean the thing about a lot of physical fitness is that like being able to do a lot of push-ups just means that you kept doing a lot of push-ups it's not indicative, yeah. like walking, running, a lot of this stuff isn't indicative of any sort of like general health. It's just that if you do it a lot, you get better at it. And people focus on these these things and uh, just keep going with it. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel too. It's like the reason I think I can do the great saunter without much of a problem is that like... You've trained. There, yeah, there's just not a number... There's not like a, you I kept going a number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my leg broke down when I ran too much, you kept pushing your walking and you still haven't hit your limit yet. So you can keep trying, you can yeah. keep going after it. We'll do it next year. It will happen. I will do the great saunter. It's I want to cool do an, it, I want to do an illegal one. Yeah. We can do that too. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, you basically just have to walk around the circumference of Manhattan. It's uh, it's not too crazy. There's like a couple of little areas where they'll, you know, they kind of guide you through. So it equals 36 miles or 32 miles or whatever it is. But like, you could definitely like, make your own up for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Do you have uh, anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, me and my friend David and Gabe, uh, we kind of started a weird sort of um, financial podcast about uh, grifting and okay. like all the weird shit that happens um, in the financial industry. Uh, it's called Ponzi Screen, and it's uh, you know basically just out of, about all the grifts and graphs that happen in the industry and we've done a couple episodes actually comparing like Spanish flu's economic impact to coronavirus and uh yeah actually I've been on um I've been on uh, Jake Flores' podcast a couple times you can uh you can listen to me there as well so yeah great sweet thanks for calling yeah appreciate it oh yeah I'll yeah I really appreciate it thanks a lot guys have a good one miss Jake Flores yeah was hoping to do a tour yeah yeah one you know, I, I listened to everything Elite did a Patreon show with Kath this week, and like I started playing it, and I was like, it is so good to hear Kath's voice. I know. <laughs> One and, of the greats. Like it, well, it's it's like all these people. It's like I, I found myself like listening to our a lot of our friends' podcasts a lot more. 
so I can hear them like talk, so I can hear Jake talk, so I can hear these people that I'm friends with talk. Yeah, know? yeah. That's how many we got? We got two in the queue. Get it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hang up. <laughs> Hello. Howdy. What's up? Who's this? Uh, Steven from New Jersey. What's up, Steven? What's going on tonight? We are in overtime. I have to warn you. I uh, know. I'm going to be quick. Um, I'm going to be positive. <laughs> Yay. Nice. I love it. I'm going to make it negative. Um, it's... <laughs> It's real. It's real hard to be positive because uh, my dad's a healthcare worker, and uh, we all we all live with uh, our grandparents. So, like, I'm definitely gonna get it when he gets it, and like, we live with our grandparents, so they might get it. But um, I wanted to talk about uh, your show and like do like a retrospective of like my journey as like my politics and my beliefs about the world have changed. Yeah, his- I think that you two have had a huge hand in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so the first time I listened to your show, I listened on a recommendation from my brother. Um, the first episode I listened to, I don't know if you guys remember it, is uh, Stacking Packs for Everybody. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was... That's, from, I that's a way that back, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly really did... That episode. I really don't remember most of the shows that we do. I, like, immediately after I'm done, I don't remember them. Remember them, but that yeah, was but that a good was one. like a that was a weird article. Um, but I remember listening to it two years ago, and um, and like with the whole quarantine and everything, I've just been listening to like old podcasts, old episodes that I think are funny. Um, and I listened to that one recently, and I had a realization, which was I've become more, I guess, accepting of other people. Um, and the big thing was like listening to that episode where you guys talked about like your trip to Denver. And I used to like, I would be, I was one of those people that was like, it's like, I would be okay with people being like stoners or, or like, um, uh, you had the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, poly dominatrix on earlier. Yeah. Kiara. And, and I'd be like, I'd be accepting of it in public, but in private, I'd be like, eh, you know, I'd be skeptical. I'd be like in private. I wasn't accepting of that kind of shit. Okay. But I listened to the episode recently, um, like two days ago. And when you talked about like just going to Denver and I believe the line that you said was, I live for the plant. I and don't know. like, <laughs> That's Brett thing. <laughs> Brett probably said that for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I talked like like talking about like living in a world where you do the work and you just chill out and like and I used to be skeptical of that kind of shit and now it's the world that I want, right? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, honestly, the thing about it is that there's a lot of hangups that you can have. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, being, if you're just a regular old, like, you know, straight white guy, uh, everything is, has been contoured us in a kind of a way and, and we can say things are or aren't normal. Um, but I think having hangups about how people live their life, uh, I mean, makes you suffer. Like when, when somebody 100%. else, when somebody else being happy 
you know, for their own discovery about their gender identity uh, doesn't affect me in any sort of way. Like, I'm truly free. <laughs> like, I can I can accept somebody for who they are and how they express themselves, and I don't have to have the explanation or the answers for myself. You know, and that comes down to a lot of the stuff that we get into. So I- I'm glad you were able to find some release instead of answers, you know? Like, for me... The mystery is like the hardest part to make sense of everything because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes unanswered and you have to find some calmness in that, you know, instead of like terror. Yeah. Um, just like being more accepting of other people and the way that they want to live their lives, even if it's not something that I'm into. And I mean, I certainly attribute some of that to listening to like stuff like your guys podcast. Well, thanks. Thanks. Uh, Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad you're able to to find that. I mean, we're 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 not trying to be preachy. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't need like you to bear witness to get more. We're, we're not running a <laughs> church or anything here. No, no, no. I, I am. A, I am a member of the cult. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, but and, that and then, hasn't but, come yet. That I have to win we, the lottery we, for that. I mean, and it's a militia. Part for of us. it is a militia. It we wouldn't be a, a cult. It would be yeah, a militia. <laughs> Well, well, when when the revolution comes, I'll be I'll be by your guys' side, right? Yes, we need we need people in our infantry. Uh, yeah, we need colonels and shit. Of course, uh, I'm the colonel. Pretty sure I could be an officer. I'm a colonel. <laughs> I, I'm I'm the colonel. You know, I like the name Colonel. You know what? I, I I appreciate your honesty, and I'm glad you. I'm really I'm really happy that you were able to call in and express that because. You know, uh, we we aren't trying to get any sort of extra points for that, and we just want to create a place um, that offers that more than anything else is some sort of relief and some sort of different way of thinking that isn't that like constantly angry, constantly triggered way of being about you know other people that exist. You know, one hundred percent. You are uh, you are you uh are you on Etsy or eBay or Twitter? Do you have anything you'd like to shout out? Before? Uh, I, I'm. I'm a very offline person. You will. Oh, yeah, shit. That's, that rules. That's awesome. I like that. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> it's so weird to Hey, find I envy you. I say, yeah, yeah I'm envious yeah. of you. So yeah. you, you've taught me a lot with your, your infinite wisdom of not going online. <laughs> <laughs> but where do you get your Philosoraptor memes? <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Yeah, you too. Peace in the Middle East. I can't imagine not having an internet and not being able to look at the success, I baby. Know. I, uh, I, what I, if you never heard the words Irma Gerd? <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Imagine a life where you never Irma Gerd. Irma Gerd. I have so many Irma Gerd mo- moments in my <laughs> life. <laughs> that's what the internet, it that's provides. the culture it's giving. Shorthand. Us. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hieroglyphics. Ancient <laughs> Egypt hieroglyphics are memes. A, a condescending Wonka really <laughs> delivers the point. It, Hammers it out. Does. It does. A picture of Morgan Freeman that insinuates that he's God. It's <laughs> yeah. very important. It makes the leap from him playing the voice of God to actually saying the words of God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last call. The one to end them all. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, y'all, man? This is Tyler from Marriott again. Tyler from Marriott. See, I'm glad we took the last call. (laughs) 
You we see? needed it. <laughs> we needed it. How's Mary? Are you still working? Yeah, I got a good one, too. Oh, go yeah, for it. Yeah, I just came in tonight um, for the first time since Monday. And um, we got this little thing at the desk called a red book. And uh, so I looked at it, and it said, like, uh, the state of Ohio's um, board of um, health or whatever called our hotel today and said that we checked somebody in in March that got confirmed last week for COVID and, uh, in Cleveland. And uh, okay. so I looked in the folio to see who checked them in, and sure as shit, it was me. So I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> fuck. When, when was it, though? It was it was in March, so I should be good. It was like yeah, you're good. March like the eighth. It's four twenty yeah, so officially. Should be good. Yeah, it's four twenty <laughs> officially now. Celebrate, but uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, that's good. <laughs> it's are you seeing people return? I have seen a few people downtown rolling suitcases in the past like week or two, where like I a woman actually stopped me and asked me. A lot of people that stay in the hotels downtown. They will ask where the CVS is. They'll, I get stopped, you know, once every week or so and say, hey, where's the, where's the CVS? And I point them down there. I had one of those happen. That hadn't happened since quarantine. Like people. Well, back to normal. Well, I mean, people aren't staying. I, I was just, how is the occupancy in the hotel? Um, it's, it's good. Like, but like, we got like 15 people staying here tonight. But, like, what I've noticed is, like, a lot of the people who stay here are using, like, the Marriott rate, you know, like, the employee friends and family rate hey, for, like, yeah, 35 that sounds, bucks. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, the, the, uh, wait, I mean, I, I, I use that rate. People are using friends and family rate right now. Yeah. They're, they're like, fine. I mean, they the get a cheap. majority of the people staying. Is it, che- is it yeah, cheaper yeah. than cheap, though? It's the fucking oh, price we yeah, pay, it's dude. It's half, half, it's more than half off. <laughs> it's what we pay. It's no, I know what it's what we pay, though. Our rate's like one fifty. That's what he's saying. Employees are take the employees and employees' families are taking advantage and going to hotels because, because they there's can more, use that more openings. Re- well, because hotels well, are because no. Dude, but here's the thing. You get the employee rate whether or not COVID is happening. Like a $59 hotel is the same price. Yeah, I would expect like more lay people like to get a cheaper rate. Right, but these are people that are probably driving around the country just staying at hotels and shit. You know what I'm saying? Because they have Marriott. I I mean, if you you get a discount... You know but what I've noticed is like the people who use this Marriott rate a lot of the time is like it's it's like some kind of like weird ass scheme going on with the people who use it a lot of the time. I've noticed it's like um like distant ass families or like distant ass friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and, people, um, okay, so people have more time off and now they're taking the shit. You know, they're taking advantage of the friends and family rate because they're furloughed right now and they just got a check. Yeah, so then they they're yeah, just pretty, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but no, but for real, like I think that they're using like um they're using like I don't want to say they're trapping out the hotel and shit, but like around here maybe so. <laughs> how, how many people are in there going, in, like, every single night? There's like 15 people every night. I work Sunday and Mondays, and um, some of these people, man, they're shady as hell. 
like coming in and out at like 4 a.m. and shit. And like when this hotel is packed, I never usually notice. And uh, so I've been noticing it a lot more lately. Some shady folks. <laughs> yeah. But like, well, I, I thought it's because of the employee rates. Yeah, I thought about. I actually thought about like just being like, fuck it, let's just drive to Montana. We can't do anything anyway. We're fucking out here. <laughs> I can't go to, I, I'm not going to go to New York yeah. or Chicago or LA. Let's just go to the Badlands. Fuck it. Drive by the Badlands. You know, like I can, I thought about that for a period. It makes of time. sense because it's just like, I have, you know, I have wanderlust as they call it. And, uh, <laughs> I like to be out in the country. Yeah, I, I love to be away from my home. Yes, it's my favorite place to be, is not at home. But hey man, thanks for calling. Okay. We're we're going off we're clocking out. No, no, yeah, I'll let you go watch Empire, man. It's probably the best one. <laughs> oh maybe. We'll Harry see. Potter? Empire. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, they said Harry Potter. No. For the same oh, thing. No, That's no. not <laughs> ever happening. Same thing. It's too lib. Almost, almost. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling in. Yeah, have a good one. Appreciate All right, it. Uh, keep it easy, y'all. Peace out. All right, that's I'll another Street Fighter Radio call-in show. We did it. What did you think? What did I think about the yeah, show? Yeah, what's your like for we? You know, what's your first reactions? Taking the headphones off. We're done. We're clocking out. What do you think? How do you think we did? Uh, I think we did fine. Amanda call was strong. What? The Amanda call was strong. This is great. Um, what other highlights do we have? I mean, you know, we got to hear about the warehouses. We got yeah. to hear about whatever fucking weed waffles is on about. <laughs> yeah, the weed Every waffles calls. He called Kush so. Waffles. He actually launched a new name. You can't launch. I'm sorry, weed waffles, <laughs> but we're not launching. New yeah, names. your ass is weed waffles. I have to be, be. I have to be Murder Brian for the rest of my career. You got to be weed waffles. You yeah. know what I mean? You came you in as weed waffles. Yeah, Dude. we we decide who you are. Yeah. When, when it comes to nicknames, everybody else kind of picks. You don't. You don't unless think, you're the Lizard King or the King of Pop. You don't get to pick your nickname. It's like, do you think that? Like, I, I can't imagine there's one listener out there that doesn't realize that me and you would have changed the name of the show three times already if it hadn't taken off. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. if you could just change your name, which yeah. is fine. You can change your name. I'm not saying you can't change your name. But if you you get people used to a name, you can't just be like... Like, everybody, if we change the name of this show tomorrow, right? If we're like, fucking listen to... uh uh. What's a good fucking uh, anti-authoritarian radio? Let's go. We're going to go in a big uh, theory direction. Let's say we said to tune in, people would still call it just Street Fight. You can yeah. never, you can never convince people to call this show right. something different. We waffle. It's just we waffle. You're we waffles. Also, uh, uh, Domina Chiara birthday is four twenty. Born on four twenty. Hitler's birthday. I knew Columbine's you were going to bring birthday. up Hitler and Columbine before we. That's the most famous day that 420 is. Also, I mean, if you get on Twitter, follow HypnoFemdom, you can get some dude's balls beat with a fucking ruler. All you got to do is comment. Two comments, two thwacks. That's the limit. 
Get that motherfucker balls beat red. I want to see all y'all supporting this. Go to hypnofemdom on Twitter. I I I love this is my favorite type of of thing to do. I I prefer this to fighting about politics with my fucking great aunt on Facebook. <laughs> Absolutely. So and if you want more street fight and you want to support what we do, <laughs> head to patreon.com slash street fight radio. We uh are, can be found on all of the, the streaming platforms. Spread the word. Um, after this quarantine is over with, shit's going to change. And we're Tour. building... Yeah, we're building a gigantic community to spread this mess across the flat earth so that we can just take things over and make things better for the rest of us. We're Street Fight Radio. Peace. <laughs>